Kia ora everyone, welcome back to the Side Hit Podcast, I'm your host Fat Tony, and today with us we got Roland Morley Brown, welcome bro. Thanks man, good to be here. Good to have you, how's Thanks. your day? Today was an amazing day man, today was um, first day I've ridden over at Cadrona this season, and had an epic day shredding around with the crew up there, and uh, yeah, just got to say man, super, super fucking impressed with the setup there this year, well I mean every year, I haven't been up there for a couple of years to be honest, but just uh, yeah. What the park crew's done up there with all that, it's incredible, dude. Yeah, they've yeah. got a well-oiled machine there. Yeah, man, it was amazing. Who are you riding with there today? Well impressed. Um, today I was up shredding around with uh, Tian, um, uh, Mitchie Davin, or Steve McGee's as you all like to call him. <laughs> um, so yeah, Mitchie, Tian, Cool, and Zoe. Oh man, that's a heavy squad. <clears throat> yeah, so Marcus and I were up there today, Marcus Skin, um, filming... I think what's going to be our last episode for, for this season's New Zealand Winter Missions. So yeah. what's this Winter Missions? What's Winter Missions? Yeah, man. Um, so so I think last year it started in Australia, like Transfer Mag is not really a mag anymore. It's uh, it's more of like a snowboard platform, I guess you could call so it. More like an online media. Online media that. sort of yeah facilitator, I guess you call it. Um, primarily out of Australia, but they do, they post about about snowboard shit from all around the world and also New Zealand, southern, all Southern Hemisphere, everything like that. So last year they started, the boys over there started a, a little web series called Winter Missions and basically the um, whole premise of it was to just like do a, like pick a couple of people, a couple of shredders or, or um, influencers, for example, or famous person or whatever, you know, like and take them shredding for the day, show them a good time, do a little mission, so right. to speak. Document it, punch it out in a little episode, create some content, you know what I mean? Pretty so, ca- it's pretty casual, it's pretty casual. So it's just fun times with Rolly? Fun times with Rolly, yeah, yeah, this <laughs> one, yeah, man, <laughs> for sure. No, I was like absolutely blown away when uh, the boys over at Transfer asked me if I wanted to host it this season in in New Zealand, and um, for sure, I, I said yes straight away, I didn't even, you know, mm. didn't even question, I was like, fuck yeah, I want to do that, that sounds like a hell time. And, um, yeah, they, they pretty much left um, Marcus and I up to our own devices where you pretty much have complete control over about what we want to do, where, like who we want to ride with, where we want to go, what the whole scenario might be. And whenever the weather's good or it's about to happen, we try and try and punch Absolutely. something out. Yeah, well, it's yeah. nice to have the freedom to do that too. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I, they, they put a lot of trust in us, which is fucking dope. So it's cool. Mm, it's been yeah. any challenges with it this year? Yeah, of course, man. You know, mm. like that three weeks that we all went into lockdown mm, when it was like the primest, <laughs> the primest conditions I've mm. seen New Zealand in a very long time, and mm. we were ready to go, dude. And then we got shut down on that uh, on that Tuesday evening, you know, mm. and like, yeah. I swear, those two weeks were just bluebird every day. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Oh <laughs> yeah. man, like, we, yeah, the ske- yeah. like the schedule that we had lined up for for that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for sure was just going to be all fucking mm. time, and then yeah, following into that next week, you know, would have just been great. <laughs> and so there'd be some highlights with uh, winter missions. Mm. Yeah, yeah, man, for sure. Um, so the first one that we managed to to punch out was early season, and uh, we managed to lock in the. Um, the, the Inspired Unemployed Boys from Australia, I don't know, I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, they're like kind of uh, influencer, internet celebrity, comedian sort of fellas, how do you just really describe them? You know, uh, 
Fuck, I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to say this to make it sound bad, but you know that kind of like the TikTokers that do like funny skits and, and oh, shit right. like that? You never heard of those dudes? Nah. They're famous as hell. So they're like mil plus followers or whatever. Oh, right. And they're really good friends with um, with Richie and Angus, the guys that do transfer out of Aussie. And they did an episode with Jai Kearney oh, yeah. last year. So there was already a little connection there with transfer. And those those boys were over here staying in Queenstown just doing like a couple of weeks snowboard holiday. And they both shred, by the way. They're like really, really good snowboarders and skateboarders and just all-around humans anyway. And uh, so Richie hit us up and was like, the boys are in town. We've got to lock them in while they're there because you never know when they're going to bounce or what's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah, we managed to get a heli day in with Southern Lakes. So we took them out and um, cut a few laps and some pow. Oh, and yeah, yeah, had a hell time. Hoots and high fives all day, kind of thing. You know, <laughs> wasn't like incredible conditions and or, or incredible, you know, standard of riding or anything. But it was just a hell of good time and oh, just blue. kind of like, yeah, good, good weather, hell and untracked. So yeah, know, for sure, man, for sure. You know, and just like just wanted to portray a sick day out. You know, mm. yeah, it was that nice. sweet. Yeah, man. Oh, we'll fire this one up. Uh, where are you from, and how'd you get into snowboarding? Well, yeah, okay. I am from New Zealand, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> now, nah, so I was I was born in Sydney, um, but m- my parents moved back to New Zealand when I was like three months old or something, or pretty much as old as you need to be to travel back then. You know, jump on a plane mm. as a as an infant. Um, so yeah, I grew up in the far north in Hokianga, in a little town called Kohukohu. Um, I grew up there, yeah, most of my life, I guess. But uh, when I was about standard three, um, mum and I moved to National Park. Right. Yeah, she took a job chefing down there at a chalet in National Park, and that kind of like gave me my introduction to skiing. Yeah, I think I went snowboarding once back then. Like the board was, yeah, it was crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was like this K two. It was like a one sixty something. I was like, you know, a seven year old kid, standard three. I don't know. I don't know what the year that is nowadays, but um. Yeah, like mum was like a like a ski bum in her twenties and stuff. She travelled to Switzerland. She did, you know, like did all the you know seasonal lifestyle kind of thing. So she was always like super into that. And I guess she just wanted to, you know, introduce introduce me to that kind of thing, which mm. like forever thankful for. And um, yeah, so I guess that got me started in it. I was like, wow, mm. skiing. You know, went to National Park Primary for Standard Three and Standard Four, and we had like ski days and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. Oh, sweet. So what yeah, was, was your cool. first day on a board like then? Wow, if you I know, can remember st- it. Stand, standard three and a 160 Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so the first day on a board, well, you know, like I grew up skateboarding and I was always wanting to go sur- surfing and all that. You know, I grew up I grew up near Shipwreck Bay, up out of Kaitaia, Nahipara there. So we were surfing on Christmas holidays all the time and everything like that. So it kind of felt like the right thing to do. Like, Mom, I skateboard. I want to try that thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm talking like, this is like 1990 something, mm. yeah, 89, 90. And so the equipment was not there. But mm. yeah, as far as remembering how my first day went, I would probably say I spent most of my time on my butt and my hands and knees kind of crawling mm. around with this, what was legit probably seven or eight or nine kg thing, <laughs> you know, with ski boots, I was in ski boots, you know. <laughs> It was like that. So, you know, can imagine a little kid trying to ride like the pommer or, or the rope toe up there at Whakapapa and yeah. Hell of a good time though, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And was there a moment where it clicked and suddenly you're like, fuck yeah, this is my shit? Um, 
not not back then. So after after stand three four, my mum and I we moved back up to Kohoko in the Hokianga, uh, uh, for a year, and then we moved down to Auckland, and that's where I started like the last year of intermediate school and into high school. So I kind of grew up on the North Shore of Auckland from like you know. 11 or 12 years old right through my teenagers and I went snowboarding a few times over that but it was kind of like weekend sort of missions it wasn't really like um you know I wasn't doing it enough to make it feel like it clicked or anything like that you know mm. but I was like I was enjoying it I know I remember always like so you, loving it and wanting to do it were you going on like school, with school groups and stuff like that or Nah, nah, I never did the school group thing. It was more like when we sort of turned 16-ish, you know, and we got our restricted licenses for the first time and, you know, a couple of the boys, you do like a cheeky trip down to to Cooney or whatever. Um, No, actually, I remember as a, yeah, being younger than that, I would jump on the train, like the night train from Auckland and turn up, yeah, in National Park or Old Cooney or whatever and, yeah, go down there and stay at like the YHA. But I feel... It's trying to recall it now. It was something I was really, really interested in, but like my full passion was like skateboarding. I just wanted to skateboard. And because it was winter, it maybe felt like the cool thing to do, you mm-hmm. know? And then I guess as I got older into like later teenage years, 16, 17, 18, I started um, like having a little bit more access to the snowboard movies and things like that. And then mm-hmm. I started watching those where I was like, fuck, I want to I want to do that again. That's what yeah. I want to kind of do and... Yeah, like uh, after after high school and all that, kind of was fed up with North Shore of Auckland. I was like, I want to go and do a season in Queenstown, and then right. So <coughs> and then it was then that I kind of like went there for the first time. I was like, this shit is fucking awesome. Like this is, this is now what I want to do. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Right. that kind of made me realize that this is what I want to do now. Mm. I want to get good at this, and you know, mm. stuff like that. So back in those Auckland days, you running up and down from Cooney to Auckland. You have a crew that you're riding with, or just a couple of homies from school? Yeah, just a couple of homies from school and stuff. No one no one really... Was there... Um, who were you looking at influence-wise, like local or international? Back then? Like riders? Yeah, stuff? yeah. Um, uh, I mean, locally for me, it was always like Dil Butt was like my hero. Like yeah. my fucking, like, I want to be like that guy. That guy's, you know, is fucking insane. Got it mm. going on. Um, strictly because, like, I went to Rangi Tota College, and then when I left Rangi, I uh, started an apprenticeship um, cabinet making, and it just so happened that, like, when I was, yeah, 17, 18, 19 years old, like I said, uh, I was doing my apprenticeship, and I was working with this dude that went to Westlake, and he was, like, in one of Dill's classes or something, like, or knew Dill or whatever, and I was like, wow, you know Dill and Butt, blah, 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 <laughs> you know, and I just, like, I was like, man, that's so fucking cool, and he's like, yeah, he lives in Queenstown, and that's maybe what kind of got me, like, I want to go to Queenstown, I want to, like, follow mm. that sort of, you know, that's what I sort of need to do if I want to, mm. And yeah. so this would be, what, 99, 2000? 2000 was my first, oh, so first Queen, year away. Queenstown was kind of the snowboard culture hub yeah to a degree yeah that's that's pretty much yeah. the vibe we got from coming from up those ways and stuff it was like if you yeah you know if you're going to go and do a snow season it's going to be queenstown you know mm. yeah. so how'd that go getting from auckland down yeah, there that was, was pretty it was seamless. Too, yeah <laughs> pretty seamless man no yeah. nothing too drastic there just you know couple me and a couple of the mates from up there that also wanted to do it go and do a season mm. just like let's just drive down Let's go down and get jobs and, you know, find somewhere to oh, live. What did you end up doing work-wise um, first season? First season, I uh, I ended up getting a job at what was S&C. Oh, shit. Back then, yeah. yeah. So, like, um, 
It was Vic Bartram, um, Cookie, Andrew Clark, uh, Fingers, Matt Finnegan. They employed me like that first season. Like, yeah, man, we'll like hook you up a job out the back, waxing, waxing rental gear, and you know, helping out with the rentals and you know, basic gro- shop grom shit, you yeah. know. And so they were they they were super they were super influential actually into my whole like introduction into what the New Zealand sort of mm. snow scene is, you know, or, or that whole Queenstown lifestyle, like all of that stuff. Have you, you been know? to Queenstown before? No, man. So no. what was your first impression when you rolled through into Queenstown? You sort of uh so you, you come through the kawara gorge and then you're just like holy fuck yeah 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 Ho- yeah to- it was that it was like holy shit this is this is it this is what it is this is like you know it, in my head at that time the mecca of what the new zealand ski and snowboard scene and you know all all of that tourism and aj hackett bungee and you know just that whole adventure kind of what sort of new zealand is sort of synonymous for you know like mm that was the mecca of all of that and i was like wow this is yeah this is amazing completely blown away like i f- i really want to like fit in here or you know yeah, what, yeah. <laughs> the scene there was probably a bit different to what we'd know now with queenstown right like there was that was almost the peak of like dylan denny and i don't think they had peaked those... i don't think they had peaked then well, no, i think that no. when they were still on the come up then um maybe i don't know how much older dill is but yeah he would have been time, he probably would have been early 20s then though i guess it was I'm about guessing. the time that they had that interview together so yeah i'm, I'm wrong yep. it's not their peak but to me yep. that was a defining moment when they had that interview and shit yeah i would say so they were definitely like the rising stars of the yeah, whole, yeah you know they were on burden and you know they were like the mm. the heroes of new zealand kind of thing you know yeah, rolling into them, yeah. And like I said, I was fortunate enough to get a job at S&C and they kind of like, you know, Jamie Bassett at the time was working there oh, as yeah. well. So we sort of like became friends that first season and started riding together and he already had sort of like, uh, maybe he had already done a season prior or he had some, you know, he knew a bunch of people and yeah, mm. kind of got introduced to it all. Was he already on K2? And Not sure, he, he, he might have been... Yeah, no, he must have been. Yeah, he must have already had like an affiliation with K2, which is also probably why he, he may have already been working at the shop because they stopped K2 Ride. You know, it was pretty big accounts for them, I guess, back in those mm. days. So it was S and C on Camp Street, right? Where yep. the Burton shop used to be. Uh, yeah, that was yeah, the Burton shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like where the uh, Odatahi or Odatahu yeah. Tattoo shop is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was there. That was that like underground bit there, underneath mm. Juicy Pods or whatever it is. Yeah, it's fucking weird yeah. to see a, <clears throat> not a snowboard shop there because I always remember there's always some kind of snowboard shop. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no. yeah. It was Quest Rentals for a while, I think. Yeah, I think a couple years ago. Yesterday, I seen fucking green toads in there. <laughs> oh, is it really? Yeah, fucking green toad. Yeah, they toads. used to always yeah. be across the road in the in the station there. Mm. Yeah, and um, how was that season though? Like, was it cracked up to be? You know, yeah, to live up to your expectations. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Totally lived up to my expectations. Um, yeah, I had an ma- amazing winter, from what I recall. Um, just you know, classic grommy kind of sh- you know shop grom shred all day go into the shop still in your boots and stuff you know <laughs> yeah. pump out some rentals and then you know in there until nine ten at night waxing all the old rental skis and shit like that getting mm. it all prepped for the next day rental morning rush which sometimes you worked and you're real pissed off about because you don't get to go up the hill till like 10 or ten thirty or whatever <laughs> you know but damn i'm missing out but mm. um yeah that's, yeah, that was amazing. I feel, yeah, like I said, very fortunate that that was kind of my introduction to 
Queenstown life and you know that whole mm. scene and shit like that. So I were said. you more of a remarks or coronet guy? Back then, I guess it was more of more coronet because they had the pipe. It was a bit. Mm. It was a lot closer to town. Um, it was a bit easier to get to. It was a lot quicker to get to. You know, if you're starting at three in the afternoon or something, it was a lot easier back in those days. You know, like to hitch a ride up there, shit like that. You know, because it's yeah. pretty much what we we're doing. You know, and then you can be back in town to start work again. Um, yeah, so more of a coronet dude back in back in those first couple of seasons for sure. Yeah, I was really into the pipe too. That was fun. Mm, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, people have trouble believing that coronet had uh, two pipes for a while. Yeah, that's yeah, right. They, they had two. They, they had two. two. Yeah, legs jumped off a chair into one of them. That was that season. I saw that. <laughs> you seen that? Yeah. No one fucking documented it. Yeah, I know, right? I well, no one had it. phones with cameras on them. <laughs> I didn't even have a cell phone when I was that old man. <laughs> that shit didn't exist to me. Yeah. No, man, but that, like, yeah, I've heard a lot of people talk about it on this, and um, yeah, remembering about it. No, I was there. I saw that thing happen in real life. It was fucking and mad. Bonkers. Yeah. 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 So cool. So cool that that happened. Also, very cool. That it is just word of mouth now, you know, like mm. there's no, actually not a picture of it or anything, yeah. you know, here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I real just, cool. I thought it was funny that the dude that was riding the pipe thought it, all the cheering was for him. It was, yeah, that was Leffler. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, so, yeah, so I did the national, I was like entered in the nationals that comp, but I was still in juniors. So I was like with Coyer and Leffler and, and uh, whoever else was of that age bracket back then. Yeah, I remember Leffler coming down, you know, thought he was. Killed it on his run, but it was the whole crowd <laughs> cheering on legs. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah, so yeah, no, and then and then that made that season even better. I mean, I I, I remember. I think I got second that year in like the junior nationals halfpipe, which kind of like gave uh, Cookie and Fingers and those guys uh, some sort of incentive to be like, hey, we've got the shop kid, and that they talked. That's how I got on right actually. Oh, right. If we could start talking about that, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. So, yeah, Jamie was already on K2, and there was the affiliation there, and those guys were in tight with Sportive. And, um, yeah, I think I got second at that comp, and then they must have talked to Ivan and Martin or whoever it was at Sportive at then. And, yeah, they flowed me aboard. And I was like, you're on ride now. And I was like, whoa, really? Wow, man. <laughs> Dreams come true, dude. This is insane. Yeah. And um, how was it coming in? Like, was Queenstown quite an inclusive yeah, because like there, yep. there's a lot of locals. Like, yeah, the sub twenty dudes were still yep. there, and yep. all the yeah, all, stuff all of that shit was popping. I was still like so fresh. I was so green to like all of that whole thing, you know. Like, mm. I didn't know what what that all was all about. But you know, man, like I was like I said, heavy into skating, so I would just go and roll up down the skate park and skate around, and you just like meet organically, just meet the people, and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah it was sweet. It was really really cool. And yeah, I guess when you ask if that if it was inclusive and things like that you know like if you're if you're a good dude and you know you're shredding around and you're also cheering on the homies and high-fiving like wow man that was sick it kind of just yeah you know see people's faces around town like oh you're that dude what's your name again yeah 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 after that after that first season in in queenstown um i guess this is when like to answer your question when it all sort of really clicked it was probably that winter you know when i realized like wow this is insane i really want to like not make a goal of it because none of it was ever about becoming like a pro snowboarder or anything like that. I just loved snowboarding and, you know, and I just wanted to continue doing that. And uh, there was another another woman that was working at 
at Steep and Cheap at the time and was also like a shop rider, Jana Gibson, who was like an incredible border cross racer mm. back in those days. Um, she she was doing seasons in Austria and um, she had a boyfriend there at the time, things like this. And so Jamie and I being the young dudes and, she, and after being the young dudes in the shop and after the after the nationals that year, she was like, you should come to, what are you doing over summer? You should come to Austria. My boyfriend can probably help you guys find a job and a place to stay and blah, blah, blah. I was like, what, really? Wow, you think that's possible? Mom, can I go to Austria kind of thing? She's like, yeah, if you save up enough money. So like got a job, worked, um, worked you know, those that October right through to December mm. up in Auckland again. Saved as much money as I could, bought a plane ticket to Austria and that was kind of like the very beginning of like doing the seasons back to back sort of thing for me. And was that Tomeohofen? Tomeohofen, yeah, that was the first place that I ever went to. Right. Because of Jana, yeah. And that's, so that started the Queenstown Mayerhofen yep. thing for you? Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, so again, just like fell into it, like fortunately arrived there that, that winter Jana's boyfriend at the time was living in this apartment, but he actually owned this apartment block and put Jamie and I in this room. And then upstairs from us was like this really rad crew of UK dudes that had just come out to do their season. So of course we met them. You see them in the lobby and the elevator, the hallway all the time. You see them up in the mountain. We just, beca- I just became like really good friends with that crew. And then um, that's what totally kicked off me just all constantly going to Mayhofen because it was just this rad crew of was dudes there. that the year that you ended up winning the British Nationals or, yeah. or crashed it or some shit? Um, yeah, so did I win? Yeah. Something like Yeah, I won it that first year. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I didn't win the whole Nationals. I won the Jib Jam. What did I, was that? No, it must have been the year after. Yeah, so that year I won like the Jib Jam, the rail jam thing that they had. And that was really fun. And then it was the next season that I went back that I won, like, I didn't, yeah, I guess I won overall, I suppose, because I won, like, the jib jam, and then I got, like, fourth in the pipe and, like, second in the slope style or something. And then it was, there was, like, an overall Were you legitimately prize. able to be in the in the British Nationals? Nah. you just been cheating, crashing it? Yeah, I wasn't friends with all those English dudes, and they're like, yeah, just throw Roly in there, whatever, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it mattered as much now because I know that story about Louis got... Um, have you heard the story about Louis? Praka? Um, tell us again, though. When like, he did it? Yeah, so this yeah. is this is fairly recently in, in the scope of things. Before we go into that, we just got to say Louis had one of the best styles on the snowboard. Still does, man. Like, he's still shredding. Still does, man. You didn't see the other day, he just did a double wildcat at Porter's. Fuck off. Yeah, man. it's epic. Uh, yeah, damn. that kid is Remember insane. He did a fucking... One of the raddest backs of 180s I've seen at Mayerhofen in that Pinkin Park. Yep, probably. In 06. Yeah, still right. did it. We were doing we were doing them just like a couple just, seasons ago. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so yeah, Louis. Louis, um, I wasn't there. It was when they moved the British Nationals out to Lux. And Louis was out there with all that same group of friends and stuff. Same same dealio, yeah, throw Louis in, he's one of the boys, blah, 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 he can shred it. And just by, ch- however they did the comp that year, he ended up, uh, it was like a knockout system, I think, if I remember correctly. He ended up knocking out all the big gun UK dudes on his way to like the final sh- showdown. Of course he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> epic. Yeah. And then he ends up winning like the final battle, whatever it might be. And then I think the dude, uh, I wonder if it was the guy that he beat. I can't really remember. But whatever, whatever went down, 
someone complained that he wasn't he wasn't British. And so he got hit up by the association or whatever, like, show us your passport, blah, 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 blah. Whatever, I don't have one. What the fuck are you guys talking about? But, and they're like, oh, sorry, man, we can't, we can't give you the... the, uh, the I'm not sure if he still got the prizes or the prize money or whatever, but he definitely wasn't allowed to be, like, get first place. Right. Yeah, because another really good friend of ours was in fourth at the time, and he got... Because Louis got bumped out, he got bumped up to third, so he was hyped and he got some prize money or whatever. So he was like, "Yes, third, third at the British British Nationals or whatever it was." <laughs> Thanks, Louis. Yeah, yeah, totally was. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's a yeah. a name I haven't heard for a long time. Oh man, team, yeah. Man. No, I had some amazing times awesome. over the years with Louis. Awesome, he's still shredding. Yeah, still killing it. Still killing it. Double wildcat. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I think he posted it. Um, Slash reshared it. He's writing slash boards at the moment. Yeah, so he's been kind of a staple in that in the Mayerhofen scene since since way back. Since yeah, mm. like oh six or whatever. Me, him, and I are, are, were like in the original Hunger Pain house when that right. when that was formed in Mayerhofen right. back then. That would have been like two thousand five, two thousand six. Oh yeah, winter so over that's there. the season. I think I was there and yep. first bumped into you. Through. Yeah, we met, eh? Well, <laughs> you might not remember. <laughs> I don't but, remember. Uh, Tom, I've got to be honest. I don't remember. <laughs> Tom Kingsnorth might never talk about it again. <laughs> yeah, really? Shit, cool. Yeah, I don't know. I remember um, he was being a bit lippy. Yeah. Because uh, I lived with him at the old strip club. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you lived yeah. with Kingsnorth. Okay, that's and, so uh, cool. And yeah, he was, he was being a bit lippy. And you and Harry, this dude Harry, fucking bailed him up on a car and Harry was like yeah let's rip his pants off and all sorts of shit sounds about and, right and uh and sort of was like well I'm not getting in the way of this fuck huh? and yeah Tom was looking a bit shaken like they just tried to rip my pants off but yeah those, yeah yeah those... yeah it's cool I love I love messing with Tom he's a good good lad Can... I'd really wind him up like one of my guilty pleasures is oh, like, yeah. yeah yeah I still do it now <laughs> if he's if he listens to this he'll be like yeah fuck you Rolly yeah <laughs> Um, did, did you, ever, you love it. Did you ever meet Ewan Darcy, the Scottish dude? Yeah, Darcy, yeah. So yeah. I lived with Tom, Ewan, and my friend Lance McCurdy. Yeah, yeah. And fuck. Lance McCurdy, that name sounds familiar. So he wrote for Atlantis way back yeah, in okay. the day. All right, right. And um, he's a scuba dive okay. dude now. Yeah. Um, but I remember fucking coming home, and they've all got these pint glasses. They're all just fucking smashing them over their heads and shit. Yeah. There's, there's somewhere online, I think Lance might have video of, like, Tom glassing Darcy and shit. Yeah, okay. And like, yeah. And it was I all mean, just, like, fun fucking yeah, games. Yeah, that, like, that sounds exactly right. Like, yeah, yeah, like, back in those days, you know, we were such true life, you know, forum fans. JP Walker, Jeremy Jones, all that stuff, you know. Like, and when they started rocking the no-sleeve T-shirt and shit. Like, if you turned up to the bar in a t-shirt your sleeves were coming off you know like there was like a whole season of just like yeah now nah, that's not going to happen and like everyone would just end up with ripped up t-shirts by the end of the night for sure like yeah, yeah. and or you know wear them as do-rags headbands whatever you know yeah Fuck. yeah 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 there was mm. yeah like actually more than one season when it was like that yeah yeah well that's yeah. when i first met um Midgey as well like oh Shaw. yeah 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 he was and, there and got introduced to what became Dero. Oh, okay and yeah okay so that was him and logan Dero, black the, the Dero shit was happening uh popping off way before what was are you saying that was oh five oh six yeah well that's the first time i became oh okay oh that's mm. wow yeah because because yeah. i was Dero's been Dero since yeah. since Dero's. 
Since mm. Darrow's Darrowed, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> when did you meet those? Because I guess you, I'm assuming you met those dudes through the Queenstown scene. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, it was like the the fur that first season S and C, and then you know everything. I just loved it so much. Knew I was coming back, and so that yeah, that next season must have been the 2000, the 2001 winter or 2002, and it's like really hard to remember. But you, there was like. I remember 2001 was a f- fucking shit snow year. Was it really? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so whenever it was over there, there you know, that's when um, like Blair Finlay moved to Queenstown, uh, Tim Shaw moved. There was kind of this influx of, I'm not sure if they knew each other prior to that, but there was like an influx of like a few different people from a few different spots around New Zealand. There was some Nelson homies, a couple more people from Auckland, some Mount Maunganui dudes, which was like Tim Shaw, Heath, Nick Hine. Uh, there were some Hawks Bay boys like Nick Brown, um, Alex Hughes, Jimmy, Jimmy Edward, um, Vaughan Brookfield, so everyone like there was yeah individual groups of friends from all over, and it just they all just fell into this melting pot of Queenstown, you know. Yeah. And I'm not sure whether one of those particular groups of friends were already on this Dero vibe or whatever, or, or how how that even really started. But yeah, it really sort of amplified it, getting all all of those humans together in this one one place like mm. like queenstown where it was just like shred all day and then fucking shred all night kind of thing yeah. you know what i mean yeah and everyone just had like the 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 best attitude towards it you know like everyone wanted to like rock the next person up to that next <laughs> phase of you know yeah debauchery or whatever you want to call as it as much you know? enthusiasm at the bar as oh, so much so much enthusiasm at the bar yeah. Everywhere, you know, mm. even at even at like people's jobs and shit, you know, because we oh, were all working, you know, at that 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 time. Well, everyone's always worked, but mm. yeah, you know, but like uh, back then, being being of that age, you weren't really taking that. It was more about the seasonal lifestyle, you know, like you didn't really give a shit, yeah. even though you gave a shit, you didn't really give a shit. But yeah, it was just about getting get shredding hard, learning tricks, progressing snowboarding, and meeting equally as crazy cool people out at bars and you know that yeah. kind of stuff because yeah. it was quite a the Dero crew became quite a heavy i guess force to be reckoned with in new zealand <laughs> snowboard force to be reckoned with yeah yeah like, that's kind am, way am to I say right? it like, <laughs> yeah yeah because yeah. like, like heath heiner nick brown yeah man like, those are some solid riders oh yeah dude yeah like, everyone yeah like, like i said it was oh, everyone was just uh you know vibing off each other or whatever you know mm-hmm. and like pushing each other to progress or you know egging each other on to do that next thing and if it worked out it worked out oh wow that's amazing you just did you know whatever trick it might be mm. yeah it was yeah it was fucking cool man it was yeah. a really cool time speaking of dero we've got a uh, listener question <laughs> a listener question a listener question oh gosh uh from uh, heath patterson oh no heath and uh, what do you he's, got? uh well Ask him about his time at the Burton Warehouse in Manly, i.e. getting paid to draw dicks and how many Dero and the many Dero NZ crew who found themselves in that vocation. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Shit, what a time to be alive that was. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. What was even... the question? How many dicks did we draw? I don't know. Infinite. T- tell us about it. <laughs> Infinite amount of dicks. 
<laughs> no, so, yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, it was just another one of those, like, fortunate things that just rolled on in life, you know, like, um, Tim Shaw had moved over there with a couple of other, other friends of his to Manly, and they had all got jobs um, at the Burton Warehouse. Oh, you actually, um, Nick Suave, remember, what's what's Nick Suave, Stevens? Yeah. Suave, remember Suave? Yeah. Yeah, so he was over there working at the Burton Warehouse, Tim Shaw at the time. Um, there was a couple of other Aussie shredders like Chris Bodle and a couple of like the older crew that was sort of little bit, not a generation above me, but like the little bit older crew than what I was. And um, it just it just so happened that, you know, that the amazing crew and bond that we all have, like I guess Tim was just like, fuck, if you guys want to come live in Manly, probably get you a job at the warehouse, come on over, come to Sydney, hang out, whatever, you know. So um, we all sort of did that, all of us actually. And uh, we all ended up getting jo- all ended up pretty much living together or, you know, just next to each other or, the, you know, there was like a pretty tight little community there in Manly and we were all working at the Burton Warehouse and it was the same thing. It was, you know, just running amok, working in a warehouse, doing whatever we wanted and skating and surfing and, you know, and partying and it was just that exact same atmosphere that we had in Queenstown but mm. sort of there so at the, the time. All, all the Daros upped and left yeah. to Manly. Pretty much, yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone, virtually everyone went through there and it's one stage or another worked at Burton Warehouse. Right, and was yeah. this to still finance your seasons? Yeah, totally, yeah, 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 because they were super cool about it, man. Like, they uh, they allowed us to not come and go as we please, but, you know, like, you know, there was work for you for four months. You go in, you smash it out, you know, whatever, and then you can leave and you can go do your season or whatever mm. and come back and then, you know, if you were you know good and good <laughs> if you didn't fuck yourself up too hard out you, you you're always welcome back again that next mm. season yeah oh sweet yeah. and it didn't matter if you're writing for other nah not at all not at all companies and nah, shit no 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 but at the time i was writing for forum anyway so it worked out really good for me all oh, right yeah so what's this dick drawing thing <laughs> i don't know man Heath just loves drawing dicks you know that scene in um in in super bad you know the kid he just draws dicks as a kid oh, right. i yeah. i reckon heath was like that kid <laughs> as a kid just drew dicks everywhere but you know the same thing again just egging each other on and it mm. just gets out of control and then that warehouse just ended up getting covered in dicks like on all the boxes and sh- you know like <laughs> so on all the sh- boxes going out the shelf yeah yeah everything man shell yeah on everything yeah yeah oh shit you got a good heath story have I got a good heat yeah. story? Oh, there's I'm so many. There's so many. Um, what's a good heat story that's kind of PC enough to tell? I could tell, like, the first time, it must have been, yeah, one of the first times I met him or, like, was aware of him or whatever. I was with Blair and Heath used to work at the McDonald's in, oh. um, in the mall there at Queenstown, downstairs yeah. in O'Connell's. And uh, I went down there with Blair and we are going to get some Maccas or whatever. I was like, yeah, yeah, the homie Heath works in here and he'll hook us up whatever we want. <laughs> and uh, so we're in there, we're ordering. He's like, yeah, yeah, but you got to use the code or whatever. And I didn't really know him that well at this stage or whatever. And I think, I, I don't know if I'm getting it right, but the code was something like Big Mac with tomato. Something, you know, a little bit obscure. And Heath was out the back making the burgers or whatever. So you go up and you order your food or whatever, you know, like, go get a Big Mac with tomato whatever and Heath hears it over the thing and then like what will come out in the bag is just this Big Mac box just rammed with 
everything. There'd be cheeseburgers squashed into it, nine, <laughs> ten chicken nuggets in there, like a b- two Big Macs, and the box would come out in the brown paper takeaway bag, like a kg, like, there you go. <laughs> yeah, Heath is all about that life. Oh, yeah, Heath is all about that life, you know, hooking up all the... All the boys keeping it dear as you know, and he would go riding in his uh, McDonald's uniform and like hit the remarks park in his Macca's uniform and shit. Super embarrassing. <laughs> Just didn't give a fuck. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's cool. It but yeah, but yeah, we've had some hell times over the years, man. Mm. Some really good trips. And so this is sort of the era of what, Tardis and P-Diggs and Logan Holt. Yep, and yep, yep. So All of that crew was bouncing around town. That was kind. Of, that was also kind of like my introduction, like going to Queenstown, not knowing anyone apart from like the, the two friends that I travelled from down from Auckland with and being super into skating, hanging out at the skate park, watching Diggs skate. His legs would be there skating. Um, like Craig Strong was there skating. Uh, Raf, I forget Raf's. Rest, oh, Ref uh, Chambers. Chambers, yeah. yeah. Like, all of those, all of that kind of, that generation, I guess you call it, whatever, all of those heads were there ripping, and then, like, the spot to go to was TARDIS, because that was, like, where they went, and Diggy was shredding open mic night, you know, and all that kind of stuff, and that was kind of the circuit, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. And that's how that's where everyone went. It was the place to go. I think it was, like, a very special time for, I don't know, for... I don't know life in general because I, I, I don't really know what it's like now for that kind of season air sort of crew it yeah, feels like it's not the same like there's not that there's kind of that sort of stuff yeah like, I don't know if there's that kind of stuff either it feels like there's not and and that sucks because what we got to experience like wrapped up in that that whole big package of you know mm. learning meeting people like all the stuff was yeah but there was I, I feel like that sort of time in queenstown was really vibrant especially in winter like it seemed like every second week there was a downtown rail jam or a yep. downtown big air or yeah 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 and, it was yeah for then, sure yeah the rail jam and stuff yeah i forgot about sort of came yeah. with that like yeah they used to take over that whole um, like remarks parks used to take over that whole camp street yep street yep. and have like yeah fucking pretty decent setup right yeah for sure man but yeah. like og scaff well not og og because you know wanaka big ear and all those ones mm. but like yeah og scaffold dropping ramps to rails like ice uh sorry snow from the ice skating rink mm. yeah and you get amongst a few of those yeah man yeah yeah i remember um yeah like working at snc over those years cookie and matt were like always super down to to throw that sort of stuff you know yeah. throw those kind of events you know get everyone involved and you know have a bit of a night of it and all that mm. kind of thing so they were always really um really um uh what's the word um yeah they were like at the forefront of instigating all those things like they, they absolutely started that shit and then there was one in particular where i think it really popped off you know like the first red bull one where they had it down um forget the name of the road but it was set um down at the waterfront there uh, um, it was in Queenstown. It was in Queenstown. Yeah, yeah. It was like a Red Bull rail jam. Um, I think that was down by the <clears throat> where the waterfront where the pharmacy is, right? Yeah, but yeah. no, it wasn't that street. It was where the Whitcalls and stuff is. It's like on the other side of that street that you're thinking of where right. the pharmacy is. Yeah, it was down there, and that was that was freaking huge event, man. It was like five grand first prize. Was that the one that TJ won? Yeah, TJ won. I got second. Like they gave us like I got three grand cash money that night. 
like in 20s and 50s and shit you're just like what the hell what could possibly go yeah yeah that's mad man (laughs) so yeah and yeah tj got that shit there that was so cool dude Mm. um so yeah that was like a huge a huge significant one that sort of like you know yeah kicked off that whole that whole like yeah let's you know do rail jams or whatever and then unfortunately that got shut down pretty quickly yeah what (laughs) No, well, I don't know, I could, I could probably tell this story, little bits of it, I guess. Um, so that one was a huge success, and yep. so much of a success that they, they wanted to do that next winter, they wanted to do a downtown Auckland Red Bull Rail Jam thing. So someone had the brilliant idea of like loading 30 of us, Wanaka Queenstown crew, in a bus and driving us up to Auckland for this rail jam, sponsored by Red Bull or whatever, so you can just imagine... You know, thirty of thirty of us mm. on a bus together with you know like no, no rules, no <laughs> inhibitions, nothing. <laughs> crates of Red Bull in the back. Yeah, <laughs> shit got loose real, real quick. Right. Anyway, yeah, and then they put us all up in like downtown backpackers in Auckland, and and uh, yeah, we all sesh- yeah, had the rail sesh. Jeremy Thorns won that one if I remember right, and that was also like another five grand. But yeah, we got. Yeah, I don't know how to say it properly. I don't. Yeah, we fucked it up for ourselves. Is probably oh, really? the best way, best way to say I'm it. Too enthusiastic with the Red Bulls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good polite way to say it. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say downtown backpackers never wanted us back again. The bus, the bus coach company or whatever that they rented would never probably want us on their bus again. You know, there was a security guard on the bus for the drive back. <laughs> if that gives anyone any inside until yeah holy shit so yeah. who was uh, some of the crew oh dude that? it was all the heads of that generation then like really yeah man so um so so yeah all all the darrow boys heiner browner me um jake leffler were on it heath jeremy thorns um there was like i think i think zeb beal was on it maybe mal stewart you know skater the skater crew at the time that were doing seasons christian phillips was on it logan was on it um Fuck, that's a i mean that's a heavy oh dude crew. everyone catsburg like <laughs> everyone 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 that was like in that kind of jib scene of new zealand snowboarding at that time was like on this bus that's a heavy snowboard crew but that's a heavy crew to throw alcohol and yeah yeah yeah, too. yeah 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 <laughs> Uh, you know and yeah just another example so we all left queenstown like at six in the morning or whatever drove to um don't know where it was might have been geraldine somewhere got there by 10 11 in the morning maybe whatever it might have been everyone got off the bus went to the alcohol store and bought like you know 40 of vodka or gin or whatever it might have been because there was you know floor to ceiling of red bulls at the back of the bus Mm. so it was red bull vodkas from like 10 in the morning all day driving to the um (laughs) Driving to the Inter-Islander to go across to Wellington, you know. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah. That shit would not fly at all these days. But, you mm. know, live and learn. They learned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Like, like the, the, yeah, it's so many names to name. But of that generation of everyone here doing their thing, killing it, was on that bus. Damn. Yeah. That's... It's bold moves from yeah, Red Bull to yeah. throw that down. Well, is that, that must be kind of weird. Like you're in the middle of your Queenstown snow season and then you're on a bus to Auckland to go snowboard. Yeah, and I think that was like a big factor in all the excitement of it and everything. Everyone was like, wow, this is cool, you know, like way over enthusiastic. Mm. 
Yeah, we get to go do this. This is insane. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. with um, you were still on ride at the time. Did that turn? Uh, yeah, I was. Yeah, at that time. Yeah. Did that turn into um, an international? sort of deal or were you just still just going through sportive yeah i i tried for sure um it was definitely still just a local sportive sort of mm. um yeah rider kind of thing you know um but yeah it, it was definitely like i i was getting a little tiny bit of travel budget from those guys they were doing the best they could at you know being a distributor in new zealand and i and, and for a few seasons there i got like product international mm. international flow i guess you could call it mm. um you know when i was in in the states or europe or whatever i got sent aboard when i needed mm. one and things like that. it's very very small time but so it was kind still of stu- super appreciative of you that. sam devon nick hines sort of holding the ride yep abby too abby oh, was abby, ride, abby yeah. was riding ride yeah. um who else was with us on that team at that time can't remember. Mm, oh, can't Joram. Remember. Joram, yep. Joram, Joram was yeah. like the young young Grom yeah, right. at that time. Oh, yep. squad yep. there. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, so that, yeah, yeah. And I'll f- forever be grateful that that was kind of like my, yeah, like I said earlier, initiation into yeah. the scene and the industry and all that kind of stuff. I learned a bit doing that. Yeah, it was dope. Carlos Garcia Knight wants me to ask you about the Chad's Gap session with Browner and Heath. Chad's Gap. It was actually Pyramid Gap. It was Pyramid Gap. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so that Pyramid session, wow. Fuck, I don't know where to begin with that whole thing. That would have been... That would have been 2009? Mm. Yeah, 2009 maybe. So we did like a a Dero trip to... um, Dero trip to Japan. There was like nine of us in Japan. (laughs) It's a whole other thing to lose, yeah. Anyway, maybe we'll segue into that after this then. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. Um, yeah, so we were, so I was, yeah, all the Deros were in Japan, and um, Vaughan Brookfield and myself and Heath were flying to the States after, after we'd sort of finished that Japan trip. And um, I'm not sure if we, I was trying to, I was actually thinking about this the other day. But I think we like flew into Colorado or something like that, and we weren't really doing much. I forget how it actually really like happened, but we we got to America and we talked to Browner. Nick Brown was in Utah at the time. I was like, "What are you guys doing? Come out to Salt Lake, we'll build pyramid." And the three of us like, "Yeah, let's go." You know, <laughs> sweet. That'll be fun as. So we get there and and um, yeah, Vaughn and Heath and I post up in this like shitty cheap you know motel room with like one double bed there's three of us we're rock paper scissoring every night of who gets the bed and who has sleep on the floor but they get the pillow and shit you know like that i'm sure that's been i don't know that's really normal to me and like my (laughs) travels i don't know if anyone else finds that normal but that happens a lot but anyway yeah and we're like yeah yeah let's uh yeah let's go hit pyramid that'll be that'll be sick and so, yeah, we roll up to Little Cottonwood with Brown and link up with him. And, like, for the first three days we're there was, like, super wide out, <clears throat> like, can't see sort of two, three, two metres in front of you. Just kind of like... And you guys are building in the wide out? We're or? building in the full-on wide out. We were hiking up into um, Grizzly Gulch there where, where the spot is in full-on wide out. And, like, what what had happened... Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, fu- yeah. We'll come back to that. So... Yeah, we build build for like three days, 
this gigantic kicker, like the biggest build I've ever been through, you know, in whiteout, hours and hours a day in there, just like cutting blocks, stacking blocks, stacking blocks. Come back on the fourth day, it's like pretty bluebird, you can see. Like, holy shit, that looks huge gap, man. This looks pretty big. And we're like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Might be. I mean, you know, it must be. It must It must be, whatever. And then so we're like, watch all the videos, you know, from when, um, I think this must be before, uh, after pop or... Well, anyway, we're watching, you know, like the Finger on the Trigger movies and maybe some of the absinthe ones where they actually hit So that's the one that Travis Rice overshoots <coughs> pop? Uh, that's when he, he overshoots Chad's gap. Oh, right. Yeah, but he does like the front double 10 on Pyramid oh, yeah. and a bunch of other tricks and, and Romaine does, yeah, a bunch, bunch of cool shit. Anyway, um, so we're kind of watching those videos and we see where they drop from. Like, oh, you just point it from there, you know, mm. must be about right. And then so... Uh, who Browner went first so we make the run-ins you know side slip it all in you know groom it down how it goes and Browner yeah just points it straight in and like it's one of the most bizarre things you, you could ever see like someone like full tit what is probably like 90 k's an hour fanging into this jump and just going off this jump and not even coming close to clearing the gap just legit falling out of the sky into the middle of the Fuck. middle of the um little the gully of yeah. what pyramid gap is it's like a, an old mining shaft to where all the you know all the shit that they've mined out you know like all the mm. what do you call that mining trail oh, I, don't, I don't know the, i don't know the name for it yeah so we're like holy wow we have to go way faster this is huge you know and then Brianna comes back up and we're kind of like standing around going like fuck man what's how do we do this blah blah, blah. and like I don't know if it was right then or whatever, but he, we kind of realised at the time, or Browner realised at the time, like that what what um, what we built on top of in the whiteout was like a reminisce of like an old jump, you know, it had been snowing or whatever. Mm. But that jump was actually to the to the landing of the gully, not the gap. You know what I mean? Like mm. if you imagine like a big gully, like a big U gully, we're trying to clear it over. Someone had built a jump just to land on this first side of the thing. Right. So yeah. what's essentially, you know, like a 20 foot jump, like a, you know, yeah. t- tiny little jump. So we're built on top of that thinking that's the where the takeoff normally is, which is, yeah, we're like f- 10 meters back from where it's normally kind of built. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So it ends up being this thing. And then like Heath hits it next and it, he just goes off it, tries to do like this back one. And this is actually on all, if you've seen it on, you know, those fail compilations that you might see on YouTube or whatever. Oh, yeah. Dude, that Heath's hit is on those things. It's viral kind of shit, whatever. Heath goes off at back one, holds the grab, doesn't even let go, doesn't even really look where he is in the air, but just smack straight into the wall, still grabbing just <laughs> into the front face of the wall there. I'm like, wow, and then it's my go, and I hike up just that little bit higher, and I just skip over the top, but still eat shit and just make it, you know? I'm like, damn, this isn't going to work. So we spend, like, the rest of that afternoon stacking another couple blocks on it so we can get that extra little height out of it and grooming in the runner. Because rebuilding's not an option, right? No, it was way, there's way too much snow. If you see photos of it, like, the, the size of the kicker is as much snow would fill this room. Easy, you know? It's, like, the biggest thing I've built ever. Mm. And, um... Yeah, so we like stack another couple blocks on it, groom a little bit more of the landing and shit, and then come back the next day, which is the fifth day. This is like a five-day thing to hit this thing. And um, yeah, start having a session on the fifth day, and it seems to be working out. Like we were clearing it or whatever, and Brown ended up just like murdering it. Brown had like back-tended it, 
double wild candidate. Like that shit in two thousand nine, I think still like definitely doesn't get as much credit as mm. what it should have and still should now. You know, like he back tend it. It's yeah. fucking incredible. And was this the one where like you guys were getting like on the run and you guys were getting butt yep. by the rolling? Oh, the, shit. yeah, the running was so hectic. Like yeah, there's there, there wasn't much we could do about it because the 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 way that the the angle of the hill comes down into it before it goes to the flat before you have to take the thing there's a lump in there there's mm. not you can't really do much about it so you normally have to like either pre ollie it or sort of like suck it up or something like that mm. and we're coming in into this you know tranny at the bottom there with so much g's and kind of hitting that that lump and just getting buck like so many attempts are just like us riding in or trying to speed check it or whatever and just catching an edge and just <laughs> before you even get to the takeoff and just getting flung out the side and yeah yeah Fuck. it was it was the best and worst ever mm. if that makes sense so when you guys were out there building you know this is obviously public land or whatever are you, yeah. is there a danger of someone else poaching your shit well probably mm. not that or that fucking big but yeah for sure in those spots i think but i i, I also think um people around there are pretty respectful especially mm. with a jump in a spot like that you know like oh fuck someone's put in a lot of time and it's you know it's super famous and people know that film crews want to come and do it and i guess we just like timed it right that we were there to make the build and you know you leave the shovels crossed over on it each night and you know like if someone would have to be a real dick to like remove your shovels and hit it mm. so that's sort of the unwritten look yeah. Unspoken rules is the yeah, shovel yeah. crossed. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Mm. And we were, we we were kind of on it too. You know, we we knew what we wanted to do, and we were there pretty early every day. Like this is ours. You know, like mm. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it ended. Yeah, it was an amazing session. Thinking back on it now, what did you get over it? Uh, I did a a a front five and a front seven, and uh, yeah, you know, also we rent weren't really filming for anything Vaughn was taking some some photos it was just kind of like yeah Carlos actually asked about it the other day and he was like what were you guys doing that for and I was like it was for nothing <laughs> which kind of blew his mind you know yeah. yeah we just wanted to have a session and hit this thing you know yeah yeah but yeah yeah Brownie ended up putting together a little compilation of um I think it's called something like crazy pyramid session or something like that on YouTube right um if anyone wants to check that out yeah the bales are the best <laughs> but but vb got some like incredible photos and we ended up getting like a pretty a pretty healthy i don't know six or eight page little article in one of the australian excuse me snowboard magazines oh yeah yeah which was really cool oh, sweet. Yeah. so that kind of that kind of i guess made it not worth it was always going to be worthwhile but we got some you know like some some clout or whatever you want to call it i'm not that's not the right word some credit or whatever you know like yeah, it wasn't people, all for nothing it pe- was like people took notice people took notice and we got some photos published and mm. things yeah because yeah. i guess that gap was sort of like the bastion of international pros like well a bunch of kiwi boys went and did a whole yeah yeah i guess so yeah I, I don't know i mean that was kind of one of my first times it was my second time ever going back to to salt lake to utah to those spots um but yeah i never really like thought about oh man some kiwi guys hit this thing or whatever it was mm. just like oh, some guys went and hit it yeah. yeah, wasn't like yeah. So Darrow is in Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flashback. Mm. Yep, Darrow's in Japan. Yep, Darokio, Darokio 09. <laughs> <laughs> that was a hell of a time. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah sure. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where. Yeah, again, too much stuff to unpack on that whole thing. But um, for for however it worked out, there was like a crew of us. It would have been myself, Heath Vaughan, Heiner, Rob Mitchell, um, Ferret, um, um, Jeremy Thorns. Uh, couple a couple of um ferrets mates from Nelson. One one name one of the dudes' names was was Jonathan and fuck forget the other guy's name. Sorry, bro, blanking on oh, that. That's all good. But yeah, nine of us, nine of us, and Heine had this connection in Kuchan there, um, just outside of Nisiko, of this like studio kind of loft sort of thing. And what and whatever the the landowner whatever the sorry the the landlord or whatever was like yeah here you go and it was just nine of us in this one big open room with all just futon mattresses on the oh, bed yeah. yeah and we were just like a month in Japan just doing so, just having fun doing our thing yeah. was that your first time to Japan that was my second time right yeah the first time was my season before that that sorry this season before that two thousand eight um uh, myself my girlfriend at the time went and met Blair. And his girlfriend at the time, now wife, Kate, um, we kind of like sort of planned like we should all go to Japan together, you know, and do mm. like a, you know, have like a month trip, you know, real fun thing. And um, yeah, so we all sort of went over there and we stayed together in a house there. And then just by chance up the road was Logan and Maria were staying up the road and Josh Clark and VB. I was there that season. Yeah, really? Yeah. In the yeah, pink house. No, I, P- lived pink- I lived behind the pink house. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. that's where they stayed. Yeah, because yeah. I, I knew, like, Will and Abby stayed in the pink house. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, that um, was the connection for us to stay at the pink house. So and Blair um, and I got the contact from Will, oh, I forget the dude's name, who mm. ran the pink house. And he was like, yeah, yeah, you can stay. Mm. So I stayed at my um, friend, Etienne or something, or ET or something. And because um, Maria had worked uh, the season before in rentals at Cadrona. Okay. So yeah. I knew her and Logan through yeah. that. And yeah. they were like, oh, we're we coming to Japan. It's like, no way. Yeah, sick. So Good friends with Janina as well and shit. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and I'm sure I fucking met all of you guys at the Pink House one night. Probably, and definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we yeah. were there. Uh, Kate, Kate and Blair and uh, my girlfriend at the time, Melissa, were all staying at the Pinky, and the and those and that was like the first time. Like I'd already I already knew Logan, but that was the first time I met Maria and properly kind of. No, I feel like I already knew JC. But yeah, it was like the first time we'd done like an overseas sort of trip together yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Oh, so. Yeah. yeah, that was mad. So yeah, we in, we loved it so much that we were like, fuck, let's come back, you know. Mm. And then I guess we told the boys and, you know, got a bit of a crew together. And then yeah. we went back 2009, bit of winter. And the Dior tornado hits Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. It was, there was, there was, yeah, no, no, yeah. Daryl Tornado is Japan. So you mentioned before like Dylan Butt was one of your one of your dudes you were looking at influence yep. wise. Still is, man. Yep. And so doing the Queenstown thing, you I'm assuming you got to know him pretty well, like Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. So I remember the first time it was such a such a grommy thing to do. But I think it must have been that nationals, like that two thousand first oh, season yeah. nationals or whatever. And there was like the prize giving or whatever at uh, I don't know World Bar maybe I don't I don't know whatever it was, and um, 
yeah, and I was such a fanboy or whatever, and I seen him there, you know, and I like, I, I don't know why I hadn't had the guts to do it or whatever, I just rocked up and introduced myself and said that I worked with his mate, um, forget his name, Dougal, yeah, something like that, <laughs> worked with his mate in Auckland, blah, 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 and I was like, oh man, fuck, you're so cool, man, I went to Rangitota College, you went to Westlake, man, you know, <laughs> I want to be your friend so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah, that. So that would have been the first time I kind of, kind of met him, and then, um, yes, yeah, I guess that following season through the ride thing or whatever, um, you know, I guess uh, got a little, a little bit more notice or whatever from um, Phil Erickson, you know, and you know with the mag and all that kind of stuff, and then was kind of like thrown on a trip with. TJ, uh, Tim, Jackways, and and Jar, and we ended up meeting up. We all, it was us three, uh, TJ, myself, and Jar, and then we ended up meeting up with Dylan and Denny up at like Fox Peak or somewhere like that. I forget where where it was. Built a jump with them for the first time, and I was like so rookie and shit, you know. Thinking about back now, you know, mm. just thought I was like, wow. I I knew I was out of my element, but I was just such an awe of being able to. You know, I was digging a jump with Denny, Denny and Dill and yeah. stuff, you know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I always kind of looked at those, like, uh, you know, that, you know, organically kind of got to know them a bit better and all that. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I definitely always looked at those guys as, um, yeah, I guess you could say kind of mentors, you know? I thought mm. that they were, you know, like at the forefront, they were doing what I kind of wanted to try and do and... They were experiencing things before I could experience them, and you know it was just mm. kind of like. So they, they the experienced guys, the yeah. veterans. Yeah, yeah, for sure, the veterans. But they weren't even veterans at that stage. They were, they would have been mid twenties, you know, yeah. like yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, that was really cool. Really cool. All right, and um, <clears throat> well, this must have been about the time that Snowpark started coming on the scene. Yep. So there's yeah. a few missions I'm guessing over the range to yeah. check out Snow Park. And oh, for sure, man! Like this, I remember the, the the first day I went there so clearly. I was um, we were in Queenstown, jumped in a car with Lucas Sulos, and we went over. And at this, it wasn't even anything. We were hiking. There was like a couple of rails, and maybe they had the quarter pipe dug. Can't remember, but like that first day was kind of like I remember it being what felt a little exclusive or whatever. It was just mm. sort of little bit of word of mouth we can come up here and you know you can hike around and hit a few things mm. whatever and uh yeah yeah again i was fortunate enough to be invited or included in you know a carload of crew that were coming over from queenstown to go up there mm. and then yeah that was like the the beginning of what it became was yeah it was kind of a beast really oh eh? dude it was, it was like, insane yeah fuck it took over the world mm. yeah man and yeah i think all of us are in the same the same um the same appreciation of it that it w- that was in our backyard like yeah it's yeah. kind of mind-blowing so i didn't appreciate that it was in my backyard till i um went overseas for a couple of years yeah and ended up in mayhoffen but uh-huh. yeah i was in canada the year before and like opening up a trans world and seeing like pros riding snow park yeah and being like to the kids that had the mags oh that's just where i live yeah like bullshit yeah there's like like uh, the iconic super iconic photo that always pops into my mind is dcp's front side air in the pipe with mm. the shadows and it looks like checkers yeah like that i was like damn that's just up the road that's mm. amazing and he was always like a hero of mine and shit you know yeah. and i was like fuck 
It's so cool. Yeah. And I mean, fuck the the unink dudes and yeah, that was the like, that was, was the unink unink dudes definitely fucking jump that they fucking. Mm-hmm. So Dylan was talking about that, and I got a message from Tom Hull. He was saying yeah. like, "Yeah, I seen Tim switch backside one that Burton kicker on his fucking dominant rail boards." Like, fucking yeah, what? Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 TJ's beast, man. Mm. Fuck yeah. Speaking of Jackways, you were there when Will jumped off the bridge. Yep. Yeah, I was there that day for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was another. Yeah amazing thing just to be a part of or whatever and again so fortunate that 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 shit just happens mm. when you you know it goes down and you just happen to be around it i think yeah. it's like a better way to explain it mm. yeah and to see that in real life was yeah that was mad like when frank was pushing up the 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 landing or whatever and we were like carrying the um the tables out onto the middle of the the yeah. bridge there and kind of standing up on it with with will and jake and like looking down going like wow man you guys are doing this <laughs> so cool and yeah like the same story what a few people have mentioned on this podcast but yeah everyone just waiting there with crazy and his jaws you know you mm. could like drop a pin and you could hear it you yeah. know like this the silence and the tension in the air and then yeah man it was so, what, so exciting what was with the picture i seen of you doing like a blunt slide or something on the pole oh the yeah on the bridge. pole yeah 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 so that was like something that yeah, again, very fortunate that that had happened. So I was I was there, and I wasn't sort of... I didn't want to jump off the bridge. Mm. That was kind of not what I was into. And Jake and Will were all about it, and I felt like, uh, um, you know, Frank and maybe Sam and everyone were like, yeah, no, let's just, let's just let Jake and Will do it, though we'll do something else, you know? Mm. And then so um, <clears throat> the next day... The next day, Frank pushed the landing of what the jump was into like a little quarter pipe tranny at the bottom of one of the big red poles that hold up the bridge mm. and uh yeah i i was lucky enough to be like roly do you want to hit it and i was like yeah this is cool so we I think jossie and i maybe there was someone else uh yeah we were lucky enough to get some sled tow tow ins to it one one afternoon and um tim pierce snapped some photos oh we actually filmed it yeah it's in one of the dara movies as well yeah, slid up it and slid down it, you know. Oh, right. <laughs> it was like a, I remember kind of, if I was a skater, I'd be like, yeah, I pivot to fake eat it. But it was, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't really. It was kind of like sliding. It was like 30 up and then you do like a pivot to fakey thing and I slid down it on like my tail, like a front tail back down it and then into the tranny right. to, right. to fakey again sort of thing. So I remember just seeing that picture and figuring out, is he doing a blunt or what the fuck's going on there? Yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah man, I'm, I'm super proud of that photo. It's one of mm. the one of my most memorable ones for sure. Mm. And 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 because, you know, of, of it being at Snow Park and, you know, mm. the history behind it, all, the whole place and all that kind of stuff, I feel, yeah. Because I wondered how you, because I remember just seeing, like, when you've been, the pictures, like, obviously when you're at the pivot moment. Yeah. I remember just thinking, how do you get out of that? But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, did that right. pivot to fakie, but slid down like front tail down mm. it, and then yeah, came reverted it back into the tranny. Oh, yeah. sweet. Yeah, it was what cool. would be your favourite snow park memory? Favourite snow park memory, um, riding or just in general, anything. Yeah, anything we can that go goes down. if you want. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's so many. Um, like like a no, a non riding one, but that is all wrapped around riding memory would be when um after one of the billabong mtv events oh, yeah. 
we were that we all the people crew that were staying up there we got that pri- i guess a private show from lupe fiasco oh, right. you remember he played it he like he played the concert and all that outside for all the general public and all that kind of stuff and then everyone went home and then like kind of like the crew that was still sort of there for the after after party sort of thing we were still raging in the wool shed and um him and his him and his boys or you know his band or whatever it, dj whatever it might have been came back out and played for like do you do you remember this no, no see I, I never got i never went to the billabong ah okay yeah so so yeah the, the event went down it was a huge success and we're all there at the after after party or whatever and then him and his lupe fiasco and his boys came back out like late as at night like after midnight one and like just set up and played what i remember four or five songs just for like 70 people that were left in the wool shed it was fucking mad like full-on personal kind of dope little like you know little concert little jam sesh i guess or whatever it might have been so that Mm. that, that's always been a highlight um or 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 a great memory Mm. of of it for me for sure those billabong after parties were fucking yeah they got yeah yeah, they got mental yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. the leash was let out on those that's for sure Mm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That that was a, that's always been a very fond memory, um, and also just in general, like the, the the overall kind of sort of allowing us to ride and do whatever we sort of wanted to do vibe that we got from those guys. Like, oh, you guys want to hit the jumper after after it closes at sunset, freshly groomed. We'll tow you a couple of times on the sled. You know, mm. you can ride from. 4.30 to 5.30, no stress, no one around, private sesh, you know, in this, yeah. in this like, mecca of snowboarding kind of thing and just some local mm. kids having it to themselves, yeah. That's, that, that's cool. always the most going to be the most special thing for sure. Yeah. Was yeah. there a, a feature that you'd be like, fuck yeah, that was my favourite? Um, I, I think over those years of that mid-2000s sort of time, I, I really enjoyed the quarter pipe. Mm. It was cool, I was into that um yeah that was always fun to try and you know try uh, you know you don't really get to hit those ever mm. really or, or around the world or, or anywhere and so that was always pretty fun to try and do um yeah you know the box line was pretty cool yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All, all of the classics and who was the crew you were sort of sessioning out is that just all the fucking heads we've mentioned and shit or? pretty much man um mm. over those like glory years i guess i guess of it you call it um yeah you know will jar um tj yeah mm. and again whoever was around who was whoever was still hanging around let's say mm. that afternoon that mm. was up for it. oh do your boots back up man we get to we get to have a private sesh for the next half hour. They'll right. tow us on, you know, dog is going to tow us on the sleds or whatever it yeah. might be, you know? Yeah. Oh, sick. And it's pretty bonkers to be like, you think about the amount of international pros that came in that you'd end up rubbing shoulders with just yeah. sitting on the chairlift. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for right. sure, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All of them. <laughs> mm. All of them. I remember like like one of these um, sunset sessions uh, riding with Torstein when he would have probably been, you know. Was that back when he was a Rome kid? Yeah, oh, yeah, right. it yeah. would have been. Yeah, like he yeah. wouldn't have been older than sixteen or seventeen mm. at the, at that time. Yeah, like a young, full young, young Grommy. Mm. Um, yeah, it would have been Rome. Yeah. yeah, just yeah, that for example. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was fucking. I don't know. I mean, uh, oh yeah, 
I took it for granted that it was there until I left for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. And then people didn't believe that that was in my backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right. Oh, shit, there's something special. Yeah, here, you know. Yeah, and I, and I, yeah. listening to these, I've heard you say more than once, um, having to explain it to kids, like, you know what used to be just be across the mm. valley over there, mm. you know? Yeah. What's yep. Snow Park? Yeah, dude. Yeah. You don't know. You know, and it's it's funny. Like, got to the point when it was around. Like, I was. Like, you always see the logo. I was like, oh, that fucking logo. I saw over it. And now when I see the logo, I'm like, no way. That's what yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You see that on the back of a car or something. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, it's damn. like faded as fuck. Oh, man. Here's something that, that I wish I kind I kind of wish I kept um, some memorabilia of it. You know, like mm. I had that, like, um, never mind the bollocks at Snow Park. Like, oh, those, yeah, loved yeah. all those T-shirts and hoodies and all that kind of stuff. And just, like, over the years, kind of, kind of like what Will said as well, you know, like, kind of gone, giving them to you know yeah, friends yeah. or folks overseas that you know well i mean i wish i still had one one of them or something at that you know? time when like say when will had all that t-shirts with uh-huh. like no one would have ever thought it wasn't going to be around like, yeah for sure you for know sure. like yeah who no one's seen yeah. that coming yeah yeah you can't predict and, that kind of shit but yeah here we are yeah, here we are here yeah. we are reminiscing <laughs> on it the, nostal- yeah. the nostalgia is is real man mm. it's really awesome yeah. Yep. Um, so you ended up switching to forum. Yep. yep. Was that just through um, higher ground or how did that come about? Yes. Yeah, so how did that come about? I, I think, um, so I was riding for ride for quite a few years through Sportive and, and yeah, I guess I, um, yeah, how did that really go down? So yeah. Not not to speak ill of sport of or ride or anything like that, but I felt like I, well, it, there was nowhere further for me to go. Like I I think I tried to like go AM or something like that, international AM, and like I said, I was getting like a flow board here and there from internationals when I was like maybe in the states or in Europe or something like that. But I didn't really feel like it was progressing or anything like that, you know. And then um, I'm not sure how the connection came, but I just like hit up Brad at Substance. Mm. I was like, dude, I fucking love Forum. It's my favourite shit. Sponsor mm. me. Or something like that. I, I don't really know. But, um, yeah, and he, and he was down. And, yeah, we sort of went went from right, there. So it wasn't higher ground then. It was... Um, no, this was still when famous. it was substanced. Yep, yep. Right. Yep. Brad hooked it up first. And, um, yeah, and again, it was kind of like small potatoes or whatever. Like, I had a little travel budget, you know, mm. to pay for some flights here and there, stuff like that. Which fucking so grateful for, you know. Yeah. Like I never expected any anything. Yeah. You know, but if you get some free flights and shit, it's like, wow, that's fucking cool, man. Mm. Um Yeah, and Brad was great, dude. Like he he really I kind of like I guess when I switched, um I kind of like one of my th- main um what's the word? Like uh not requests or whatever, but like kind of the one of the, one of the main things I sort of wanted to explain to him or like where I was at. I was like, yeah, I want I you know I really want to go kind of go somewhere with this or whatever. Mm. You know, I, I knew I wasn't like the fucking most amazing snowboarder and going to be pro with you know the JP Walkers and all these dudes and stuff. But I was like, yeah, I think I'm you know I'm good enough to like kind of like you know internationally kind of represent this brand and blah 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 blah. And Brad was really good and like got me um yeah he got me full flow from from the uh international team manager at the time right yeah kevin keller and so i was getting you know proddy 
from America, product from America, and then a small little travel budget from Brad. Oh, and then, then when that whole burden thing all switched over, then it just went to, went to burden. And, and then, yeah. higher ground. Yeah, and higher ground. Oh, sweet. Yeah, higher ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, yeah, at that time, I was already in Manly working in the burden warehouse. Right. So it kind of just like, it just sort of fell into my lap that I was just getting stuff from Australia. I never really worked with higher ground, if you could oh, say right. that. Yeah, it's okay. kind of like... That whole switch happened organically for me as as I was already like. So you're on a different trip than the other New Zealand former forum riders, then I'm guessing. Uh, different, a different trip. Like what? as in you were dealing with an international guys, whereas I'm assuming the other forum. New yeah, Zealand yeah. So I just, was I was yeah. dealing with the dudes out of Aussie mm. um, that were do, yeah that were doing it, Bert, mm. which was Burton, and then yeah, getting proddy from because mm. well, well, you would have had like. What Liam Peter Ryan and Logan Holt? Yeah, was, I think I think I think there? Logan Nah Katzberg. I don't really remember was riding. Out. I think he had already pieced out. Mm. Um, but yet Liam Liam was on there. Um, um, yeah, Logan was still getting gears. And then who was in Aussie that was riding for him? I can't really remember. This this must have been like two thousand. Uh, nine, yeah. So I right. got I got on the winter, uh, two thousand eight New Zealand winter, yeah, with Brad, and then so like yeah, my first kind of like overseas trip was that Dero trip at oh nine, and then we mm. went to Pyramid and all that kind of stuff, yeah, mm. yeah. All right. Yeah. So my first winter New Zealand winter season on on forum was oh eight. Mm. Yeah. So I wanted to ask when you were on Forum, uh, do you have had any memories of that Burton versus Forum trip? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was a, that was cool, um, man. Well, that were, was that was our little like Thrasher King of the Road kind of session. Right. That so was, it was rad. Based on King of the Road. Yeah. Pretty so much. Yeah. Yeah. And then let our viewers into or our listeners in a bit more to. What, and to, and to what, what how that went down. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So I'm sure most people listening to this know that Burton. Bought forum, acquired forum, I guess mm. would be the the way to say that. And then uh, the guys at Higher Ground, Jay, and it was Maddie Proctor at yep. the time, yep. and and Joel. Forget Joel's last name. Damn, sorry, Joel. Um, yeah, so those those were the three dudes. Maddie was kind of like the forum rep. Joel and Jay were like the Burton kind of reps, and they had this great idea that we should put our NZ forum team versus our NZ Burden kind of team and you know to have a little head-to-head you know friendly kind of in-house team trip thrasher king of the road kind of style so they rented us a couple of camper vans and just sort of let us loose around the southern alps and we had to tick off a bunch of just just like the king of the road had to tick off a bunch of little challenges and one of the main ones I think that we were all really motivated to be the best at was fucking with the other team so there was kind of a lot of um lot of uh what's the right word here like a lot of um sabotage you could say to each other's uh equipment caravans whatever whatever it might have been on that day you know (laughs) and uh i think yeah i think we had them it was over the course of three or four days and we went from from wanaka up to clubbies pretty much and back i remember yeah um, did we did we only go as far as tekapo yeah, I think we went up clubby somewhere. Cheeseman maybe. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just like a like a road trip sort, right. of, sort of style. So what did you do to fuck with the other team? Oh man, we were trying to what were we trying to do? Um 
you know, we would, you know, put fish guts, you know, under the engine bay, that kind of stuff. <laughs> I remember doing, um, can't really remember what, what we did, but not being able to remember what we did, I remember what they did oh, to really? us because I burden smashed us. They were really, really good at it. Browner, Connor Harding, Rebecca Hollis, Jay was like their team captain or whatever at the time, whatever. They were really good, man. I remember they were like, what did they do? They like, I think one night they took our tyre off the camper and then put it out like way out, way out in Lake Tekapo. And, like, tied it down with a rock or something like that. So we woke up in the morning to, like, our car on blocks, pretty much, say, you know. (laughs) Like, what the fuck happened, you know. And, like, you got to race to Roundhill, for example, or whatever, and, you know, complete these challenges. So we're already way behind the eight ball on that. And, um, yeah, that was one of the things. Shit, I don't know. Yeah, there was there was so, so much reading, so much hijinks. Reading about a note that went through a door saying shit got real and yep, what was <laughs> that about? Oh man, I can't remember. Um, shit did get real. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember the door, the the sorry, the tire getting taken off. I remember like fish guts in the engines and all that kind of stuff. Flour and egg everywhere, you know. Like yeah, that was like a pretty standard go-to thing. Everything was covered in flour or eggs or something, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, it was like boards getting stolen and hidden, and yeah, just just all that cool, that cool basic, you know, like uh, just fun banter sort of mm. malarkey, fucking with each other kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was rad. That was a good time. I wonder I wonder where that... Because um, I know it was all documented, you know. You had to get each thing that you did on mm. film or whatever. So I think I just remember reading about it in manual or something. Yeah, yeah. We would have had an article mm. for sure. Um, there must be a YouTube clip of it or something. I'd love to see that again, actually. Mm. That's pretty. So who was on the forum? Forum, team, the forum team was myself, LPR, and... There was another another younger kid. I think his name was oh, Renee or something. It was a oh, Mount right. Hutt kid. Okay. Might have been Renee. Sorry, bro, if it's wrong. Can't remember. And then, yeah, and Maddie Proctor we had as, like, the team captain kind of dad of the team or whatever. Oh, right. Yeah. So it was three riders and the rep on each team. And then, yeah. yeah. Oh, sick. Yeah. And Burton won. Yeah, I would say. <laughs> I remember them winning. Yeah. Yeah, well, they had Browner and Rabette and Connor and, you know, they they were killing it at mm. the time. Like, all the snowboarding things, they just, like, achieved straight away. And, and, and they were such tight friends, you know, before. It's like, I know Liam for sure and we're mates and whatever, but we didn't really know each other and then there was this other dude and I didn't really know Maddie or anything like that. So, like, mm. our, I feel like our camper wasn't as such a tight little unit. So when it came to, like, the hijinks... It was a little bit like, oh, do you think we should do that? And with those guys, it was like, yeah, let's fucking go get them, you know, like because they're all really, really close friends. Mm. Yeah, and they had each other's backs, you know, with with all of that stuff. Yeah, so that's a good one though. Hadn't thought about that in a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, sick. And yeah. another thing I wanted to ask you about was um, you ended up on Huffer. Yep. How did that all come about? How did that come about? Um, how did it come about? I, I, I think I have to say Dill's was, Dill Butt was pretty instrumental in that. I remember it was, uh, I forget the year, but it was, you know, 
early December sort of time and I was, you know, working in Auckland or whatever and preparing to go away for the winter. Mm-hmm. And um, I was driving down to Whangamata to visit some friends and, and just go for a surfing, hang out for the weekend or whatever, just doing doing a little weekend mish. And I just got a random phone call from Dan Buckley. Hey, blah, blah, blah. I'm Dan from Hufferton. I was like, what? No way. This Dan, Dan's calling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was like, yeah. I, I want to say that he he would have said something like, oh, I've been talking to Dylan, blah, 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 blah. And we're like, yeah, we'd really like to like have you on board at Huffer. And it, for, for, for me, I was just like, what? No mm. way. This is fucking dope. Well, of course. Mm. Yeah, just over the moon. So yeah, just happened, just happened like that. Yeah. And right. then, um, yeah, and then from there on, kind of, yeah, just progressed every year and became more and more, more and more involved with their their snow program. And Dill's coming on board there also. So he became team manager or something. Yeah, so, yeah, and like, also like kind of designing sort of thing. Like, yeah, he, yeah, he had a, yeah, he was definitely designing and stuff. Yeah, and he really gave us like a voice on, on you know, things that we could, you know. Mm. Things we wanted, features, design ideas, you know, things like that. Because it was sort of this, you guys were sort of had a pretty hippie squad there yep. for a while. It was like yeah, you, yeah, for sure. Haley, Ferret, yep. Yep. Rob Mitchell. Most Christian Phillips was on there. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, Who that, was like. That dude. Dude, just him and Rob, uh, yeah. like those two, they Skate, do everything. Skate's no suit. You got your gnarly, team, yeah. team covered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. You want some people on your team? Pick up Rob and Moose, man. Fuck. Fuck yeah, that. yeah, man, those dudes yeah. are fucking yeah. And um, what was and that? Andy Kenley too oh, was on shit, at the time. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he overshot that fucking um, the, the jump at remark. Yeah, the huge jump at remark. Miles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, what was uh, House of Horrors? Yeah. So yeah, another I guess initiative or whatever that Steve Dunstan had. Over those years, because I think they they were all about team and they were all about family, you know, fam, you know, this and that. We're all, you know, fucking, we've all sponsored. We're all shred together, you know, like let's let's do team things. And his ideas at the time were, you know, rent a house and get get the whole crew together and hang out and shred for a week or whatever it was, you know, and film it or document it and whatever the concept was became the Huffer House of Horrors, mm. which ended up being like a little web series that they used to do each year. This is like, I feel like the early days of web, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Like I, I definitely wasn't watching it on my phone, for example, yeah. shit like that. Um, yeah, but it was just basically like a cool opportunity to get all of us together and ride and hang out and talk about the product and, you know, mm. just, just get us together and have a hell time. Yeah. Oh, so, so that was that. Yeah. And yeah. The, I mean, it would have been pretty rad to have like, like your boss is like a former pro, like Steve Dunstan. For sure. Dan Buckley was a yep. former pro skateboarder. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it definitely, it felt very special and it felt, um, yeah, again, super privileged to be included in something like that, you know, and mm. especially at that time it was, yeah, it, yeah, like, yeah, it just feels so special that those guys had those, like, initiatives and wanted to put give back into the community and get us together mm. and get us riding and, yeah. yeah, yeah. Get us all vibing on the same thing, and get us all hyped on that. And with that hyping up, everyone else like all going up snow park together in a couple of cars, and you know, yeah. pretty much just being this, you know, 
fucking tornado that just rips around you know and then we all go out to dinner and like blah and then you're going you know like yeah it's very you know create a presence and you know just be like this is us kind of yeah kind of thing yeah oh, it was sick. sick it was sick yeah that was great yeah half it was such a good time man and yeah like i've said i think i've repeated myself so much yeah. throughout this interview i feel very privi- privileged to be a part of that at that time and mm. and and have someone like dill's who was always like an idol and became a mentor kind of thing at the helm of that and kind mm. of, you know, like mm. not guiding me through it, but, you know, he was always there to be like, ah, yeah, you know, mm. you should do that, you shouldn't do that. And he was like super supportive when um when I, I left, <laughs> yeah. Huffer, I guess, yeah. 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 He's like, you got to do what you got to do kind of thing. I was like, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. So obviously we sort of talk about New Zealand influences and Dill. Yeah. What were some international influences in your writing that, you were looking at um well yeah so going to mayhoff and all those seasons back to backs mm. we got thrown into you know the melting pot of the kind of mecca of european snowboarding because mm. at that time penkin park was i guess what lux would be today or yeah. you know what yeah snow park was at the time it was like everyone freaking came there you know and like so many amazing snowboarders come out of that valley Zillatal Valley mm. and so like for me um, Steve Gruber was always like a massive oh, hero yeah. of mine Vole Nivelt yep. who like I live with Steve now which just still blows my mind mm. <laughs> it's like we're fucking flatmates and Vole lives just down the road and you know there's other dudes like uh, Thomas Eberhard everyone calls him Beckner those guys in that era were like you know um like you know, king European fucking kings, like man. They were all filming with absinthe. Yeah, and they shit were all too, filming and, parts yeah. for absinthe and shit. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that kind of you know, like coming, you know, like a like a you know young kid from you know New Zealand, not really knowing anything about anything, and then mm. next minute you're in a gondola, you know, having a doobie with these dudes. Mm. Kind of just fucking was like, wow, this this yeah. is epic. I'm hooked. You know. Yeah. Yeah. This nice. this is this is it. Um, so yeah, and did they become the Aesthetica crew? That's it. That's the Aesthetica crew. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and they still are that today. You know, mm. like they still um, they still give so much back to the snowball community, especially around Austria, if not you know all of Europe and stuff. They put on events for all the Grommies coaching. They do so much stuff, man. They, they really like they're true snowboarders. You know what mm. I mean? They're like lifers. You know? Yeah. So yeah. I think I bumped into them. So I worked at the Seeker that season. Yeah, yeah, with Finky. Yeah. Finky. Yeah, 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 for sure. One of the best bosses I ever had. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Finky's amazing. I still see him all the time. He's he is, he's man. still in Mayhoff. Yeah, man. He's 100% the homie. He's rad. Oh, man. I've had, some, I had some mad nights with Finky, actually, too. I can imagine. Some good bonding, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Finky used to fucking stand at his shop front yeah. as the cops would come past and point and laugh at them. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't do that like they gotta wait till I fucking yeah, get out of here yeah, and yeah, do yeah, me, yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah yeah oh mate that's exactly right that's mm. I didn't realise that's, you him, had to, that's him in a nutshell <laughs> yeah man so I didn't realise you had to fucking sign in with the town office or some shit I didn't realise that the first couple yeah. of times either and I was completely under the radar mm. you know tuning rental skis in a basement in the evenings and shit like mm. that my first seasons so I remember I was down at the I was staying in Ludwig's yep and I was down at the strip club with Tom Kings yeah. North and those dudes. Yeah. 
and this was like my. It's so funny you guys lived in a strip club. Yeah. That's amazing. I've like the the, 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 the listeners. Uh, you can't really describe it. There was, yeah, well, like, well, it, it sounds was, exactly like you think it, it is. It, there was this the pole in the room, mm, guys, <laughs> which which became like my sleeping area yeah. later on in the season. Yeah. The strobe light wake up call fucking sucked. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> and then I fucking scared myself one one time when I rolled over to go to sleep, and I was like, ah, someone's oh, that's me in the mirror. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> mirrors but, everywhere. Mirrors ceiling. Yeah, it was fucking. <laughs> And then, then we had this one night where some drunk Russian thought it was a strip club and fucking, like, invited himself in. And yeah. we fucking, uh, oh, we physically ejected him. Yeah, right. From, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. anyway, I was fucking hanging out with all those dudes. Second night in Mayerhofen. Uh-huh. And then we get this bang on the door. Police, I, we must control you. Like. In Ludwigs, you were? No, in, no, no, in, 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 in the strip in, club, sorry. Uh, under Kaiser Brundle. Yep, yep. And I hope that whole board building's just been burnt to the fucking yeah, ground. Yeah, sure. But um, but anyway, the police only must control. He's like, what the fuck? And they come in, and Darcy hadn't filled out or done anything, and they were about they were either gonna find him or take his snowboard. And it's like, and I, I couldn't speak German. Yeah, or, yeah. It's like, what the fuck is going yeah, on? I was, lo- I was looking want, at my friend want. Lars, being like, what the fuck are you got me into? Uh-huh. You know. And then Lance said, look at my face, like, it's cool, it's cool. Like, well, it's not fucking cool. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you were worried about yourself. I was like, what the fuck is yeah, going yeah, on? Yeah, I can't me. understand yeah. what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Well, I didn't think they were after me. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. You know? And then, um, and then Simone, Lance's now wife, she's German, she said something and they pretty much told her to shut up. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And they went around and had a look at everyone's passport and then they pointed at me. Oh. Like, I was like, fucking... Oh Uh-oh. no! Yeah, it was like Lance. What the fuck? And he's like, "It's cool. Just go with him." I was like, "Oh, fuck." Go it. with them? Yeah, yeah. Oh cause no, because I, I like, because like Simone translated and said, you know, like he doesn't have his passport. He's staying at Ludwig's. Uh huh. Uh huh. Like, what? Oh, you, you didn't have your passport with you physically. It was okay. in my yep. bag. You yep. know, because you know. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And they you fucking so they pointed at me, fucking with that finger thing. Yeah, come yeah, here, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, fuck you, Lance. What yeah. the fuck? And they fucking slammed me in the back of their car and drove me around town yeah. talking in fucking German for fucking... It took ages to get to Ludwig's, uh-huh. which was a it's, pretty... It's pretty direct drive. Pretty direct drive. They took drive. on a bit of a joyride or I'm something? I'm packing myself, yeah. Yeah. what the fuck? And then they fucking start, you know, fucking... Were they just messing with you? Oh, they they were totally fucking with me. And yeah, they were like, trying to give you the out, shits. Fell out this form. Go to the town office and fill out this form, otherwise we're going to fine you. I was like, all right. And then I did, and then they left me alone. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck That's is going such, on? That sounds like such their style to, holy you shit. you know that the fine was going into their pockets. Yeah, well. yeah, definitely. Because I mean, the Dutch yeah, school. They, they give you change and yeah. shit. It's <laughs> 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 bizarre. So I remember so the cool. Dutch school holidays, Dutch university holidays, uh-huh. they did a fucking run through Ludwig's and like clean them out of like a thousand euro or something. Oh, for shit. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like... I was probably involved in all that too. I spent like two seasons in Ludwigs mm. as well. And I also didn't know about that, you know, yeah. fill out the, the register and the town sort of when they'd forms that, and stuff. They were the best nights at Scotland Yard because we'd get this call from like the ski school, like Do Rot- uh-huh. Rotten Profus. Yeah, 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 Rotten Profus. Yeah. Being like, uh, the cops just showed up here. Uh, if you don't want to deal with them, see it's got the yeah, yard yeah 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 for <laughs> sure get out yeah fuck that was the best night so i mean the cops could have busted everyone if they fucking went to scotland yard yeah yeah for sure <laughs> yeah 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 show me your papers show me your papers <laughs> totally yeah man oh, dude i remember like fucking love weeks and uh 
I only cooked my dinner there once. I never cooked there. Oh, fuck. I, never. I, I cooked my dinner once, and I looked down, and his dog was eating a fucking sheep skull that still had the eyeballs in. Pump, it's like, yep, yep. fuck, I'm, gonna, I'm, yeah. I'm not eating meat this week. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah. we used to, well, I know I used to, and there's probably, yeah, probably more than more than just me. We would, like, because I, I stayed there a couple of seasons on and off, um, in and out of there as we were traveling around or whatever, but there was times that we, we would go and party at Scotty's, and then just be so fucked up that it'd be like, ah, I can't go, I'm not going anywhere. Just go across the Ludwigs and like reach behind his door and just grab a key off the thing and be like, this room will do and like pass out for the night. Wake up in the morning, put it back on and just leave. <laughs> so many times, like uncountable amounts of times. Oh, poor Ludwig. Yeah, Bloody bless hell. him. Well, I mean, he, he, was, uh, he did a, a lot for the Travelling Snowball. Oh, he did, man. He was instrumental in, into that like mm. Mayerhoff and Seasonier lifestyle. Back in those days, for sure. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, his family have sold that house, eh? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because he passed away a few years ago. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think they've sold it. It's just been sitting there vacant for years now. And I think it's been sold finally. Fuck. I mean, shit, I sort of thought he was going to be on death's door when I seen him because he was pretty fucking old then. Yeah. Like... No, 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 no. So I went last time. I actually stayed there and saw him and chatted to him and stuff. And by this stage, I mean my German wasn't great, but it was enough. Yeah, I think he was always like very cognizant. Is that the right word? Because he would remember me. You know, be like, ah, oh, you again? Blah, blah. I was like, yeah, me from New Zealand. Blah blah blah. Um, and so last time I stayed there would have been 2010. Came through. I didn't do a season. I just like came through town for like a week or two. And I was with a couple of the Aussie boys, and I was like, we can just crash here. It's super cheap. I know the guy. And, um, yeah, I seen him then. And uh, what was I trying to say? Yeah, that would have been the last time I seen him. And then I didn't go back again until 2014. And he had passed away. Mm. Yeah. But that house, prime location. Imagine if, like, you had uh, some homies, and you're like, let's just fucking pitch in and get Ludwig's. Yeah. That would be sick. Yeah. Turn it into a shred house, you know? I There's mean, like 20 something rooms in that place. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, and the wicked as um, common room, if I remember right. Yep, yep, right. yep. They're the big, yeah. Well, they had the frustic, which is like the breakfast kind of room, mm. which was like really big. And then, um, yeah, well, when we were living there, we sort of turned the hallways of every floor into kind of like the common area. Mm. I don't know if it was like that when you were there. We had sort of couches and like people had their own little cookers and things, you know, like a hot plate sort of thing was going right. on out in the hallways. I just lived on toasted sam- yeah. sandwiches, I think. I don't remember what mm. I really lived on, but I de- I've never cooked there. And, ever. and that kebab place. Yeah, as the well. kebab place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah for but, sure. Um, yeah, Donna Kebab. Yeah, yeah. I only used that kitchen once and never fucking again, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While we're on the subject of travels, you spent a bit of time in the uh, Pacific Northwest as well. Yeah, with uh, what missions with uh, Jack Ways and Will Will and Nick Brown? And yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, I my I always knew Robux from back in the day here doing doing seasons around New Zealand, and then like I said earlier, when kind of to come, I, I don't know what the how to how to describe it, but when Phil Erickson sort of started asking me on a few more mag trips and things like that. Um, we would go up to Canterbury and link up with Robux and stuff. So I knew of him and I knew Robux and knew he was a legend and blah, blah, blah. And then um, it was actually after that hectic pyramid session. We were with Browner. And Browner was like, should we drive up to see Greg? 
And me and Heath and Vaughn were like, fuck yeah, let's go, roadie, Salt yeah. Lake to Seattle. Yeah. Sick, this is, yeah, this is going to be cool, whatever happens, you know? Mm. And yeah, and then we got up we got up there, and that was like the, the first season that I sort of went back there and reconnected with him and stuff, and, you know, just realised how much how much we get on and what a fucking rad dude he is and things like that. And mm. then, you know, and then I was like, Robux, I'm coming back any time, man. You know, every single time I'm coming through America, I'm coming to see you. And he's like, hell yeah, more than welcome. And then it just ended up being, you know, a thing that I, um, yeah, consistently did over those next few years. And, and then even more so from like 2013, like I was going, like I went by myself one year and stayed with him for like two months. Him and him, him and his family, and every day me and him would just go out and shoot and ride the sled, and you know, Rad. yeah, it was really, really cool. What's he up to over there? He's um, what's it now? Oh, like yeah, was was he like doing the whole photographer thing? No, he was nursing. Oh, he, right. He's like a registered nurse, and and he has um a American wife now, partner, mm. wife, wife now. They got two awesome kids, and uh, they have a house together in in Northgate in Seattle there. And he was sort of, yeah, juggling, like, the nursing thing. I think, like, back in those days, I don't know what his schedule is now, but he was kind of on the seven days on, seven days off kind of thing. And um, so, yeah, I guess he was just working to continue the snowboarding and then maybe more so in the summer or working to do his, he's really into fishing and, Mm. yeah. Now that he has a family, he takes his boys fishing and does all that kind of shit, Mm. yeah. And looking really cool. Pretty handy on the board as well, eh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He goes, man. I mean, he yeah, he definitely goes, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, freaking awesome. That's got to help. And he'll do that with like a 30kg pack on, full of lenses and all the stuff, (laughs) you know. Does that help you, though, like when you're at the top of something going, well, my photographer could probably step to this or... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes and no, because he is very. He's the kind of guy that'll sit down the bottom and just be like, "Just fucking send it. It's gonna be a cover." And you're like, "Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck you, Robux." <laughs> no, I really want to jump off it, but I don't know if I should. And you're looking over the edge, you know, and he's like calling you a pussy and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, but yeah, no, you're right. Like, he would jump off it, so you're like, mm-hmm. yeah. Of course, I'll jump off this thing. He's, I, mm. I trust him 100% that he's going to like make an amazing photograph out of it. So for mm. what it's for what it's worth, it's always going to be worth it, you know? Yeah, because yeah. he was featured pretty frequently in New Zealand Snowboard yep. for a long time. Yeah, definitely. Shots and whatnot. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, and you know, Will and Abby were traveling there quite consistently. Brown has spent a lot of time there. Heiner was going there quite a lot. And like... Uh, like Spencer Falls back in the day. I think he even Joram and that that crew went so through. So trying to link up with the, that crew, or it just happened that oh no way, those dudes are here too. And For myself, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, trying to bit of both, bit of both, bit of both. A lot, a lot of the times, it was kind of like. I'm coming through. Oh, sick. Will and Abby are here. I'm like, oh, rad, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then we all hung out. Yeah, oh, yeah, sick. yeah. Because they were kind of on their own vibe also, you know, like that Will was spending a lot of time in Canada and, you know, they were juggling everything they were doing and stuff. And then, mm. yeah, I was spending a lot of time in Europe and sort of, you know, popping over and, yeah, mm. worked out great. Oh, sweet. Yeah. yeah, but, yeah, Robux, that's, yeah, yeah, amazing, man. Like the, the, the sessions that I've had with him, yeah, so incredible, dude. Mm. So incredible. Is there one that sticks out in, in your mind? Um... One in particular, not in particular, because they all just kind of like m- blend into this one sort of 
incoherent, a lot of a very sleep-deprived kind of, like, session, you know, days of things, you know, like, being in Seattle, if we're going to go out for a day sledding or whatever, we'll be up at three in the morning or whatever, and you drive two and a half hours or, you know, and then you you jump on the sled and you ride all day, then you come home at, like, five, and it's another two and a half hour drive, you get home at eight, you know, kind of, it's, like, huge fucking days, Mm. and, um, yeah, they all kind of start to blend together, but just like the, the, the. Um, but that's the work that goes into getting the cover shot, though, oh, right? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. But just those times that you that that amount of time that you spend with someone like creates a really, mm. really cool moments, regardless of what's going on, and yeah, cool bond, and yeah, yeah, sort of yeah. get to know someone a bit better, get than, to know someone really, really well, and what makes them tick, and all that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, really, really cool. Super thankful to both Robux and his wife Rach for allowing all of us here from New Zealand to roll, being so welcome, mm. welcoming, and allowing all of us to roll through their house and put up with all of our shit. You know, board bags in the hallway, this and that. They're raising a young family, and you know, Rach is so so fucking super cool that, you know, mm. to to Greg, she's just like, yeah, just go and shoot your friends and have a hell, have a good time. Yeah. Yeah, cool. like yeah, forever, forever thankful for that. I'd love to go back and see those guys again. It just hasn't really worked out in the the rotation of the seasons or whatnot. You yeah. Know? yeah, 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 yeah. And um, another trip I wanted to ask you about was uh, Alaska with Jake Coyer. Mm-hmm. Mm. That was a time for sure. Mm. That was incredible. Um, I don't really know where to begin with that one. Um, well, how did it all come about? How did it all... I mean, Alaska is not exactly the, oh let's just go there it's a, it's a bit of a serious oh yeah serious yeah thing. for sure no you're right you're right so it was all it was all Jake Jake's doing and his idea I mean obviously any snowboarder coming up is you know eventually you know the dream is to go to Alaska that's mm. the fucking mecca that's the fucking holy grail of all the combination of everything you know mm. and uh, yeah Jake was um. Jake was lucky enough to, well, had the inside enough, I guess, to pitch this idea to Red Bull, which was his sponsor at the time, to make like a little kind of web series of himself traveling to Alaska and trying, you know, like, not conquering it, but, you know, like, trying to, you know, step to it, I guess, would yeah. be a way to describe it, you know? And, um, yeah, so he, he pitched this whole idea to Red Bull and they were on board with it. And, you know, he got Tim Pierce and Vaughan Brookfield as the media crew, film the photographer and stuff. And he was looking for another rider. And at the time I was on Billabong, I was like, fuck, man, I'd love to go, dude. What? Fuck, can I come with you on anything? He's like, yeah, yeah, you just need like this amount of budget to help pay for all these costs and stuff because it's not cheap. It's, mm. yeah, it's really, really expensive. And so, like, I kind of talked to my team manager at Billabong at the time, and I guess he talked to the Red Bull guys, and they made some kind of arrangement. And again, just so, so fortunate to be like, hey, yeah, Rolly, you can go. <laughs> it's yeah. like, wow, you know, <laughs> no way, dude, we're going to Alaska, kind of shit. And, um, yeah, so, so the whole premise behind it was, you know, two homies going to Alaska for the first time and, you know, trying to ride the, the stuff that they've always dreamed of riding, mm. I guess you could call it. And um, we went there with, you know, we went there like we were going to fucking, you know, kill it, but got humbled instantly. Yeah. Yeah, man. It is such, it's a fucking check. You're just like, Mm. oh, shit. And um, yeah, 
Yeah, so what, what, say? what was the humbling moment? You guys get chucked up on, on your first run and then like, yeah, where yeah, this so, is not what I thought sort of thing? Or? Y- yes, and yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. Like you watch these videos of guys like Gigi and Nicholas Muller and all these dudes just like slaying this thing. You're like, yes, for sure I can just ride down there and do a method off that and that, mm. you know, like, fuck yeah, blah, 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 I'm the man, blah, blah, blah. And you get there and you get put on top of like one of these equivalent lines and it is just, like for myself i was just like holy fuck this is way way gnarlier than i would have ever expected it to be i like i knew it was going to be gnarly you know and that Mm. kind of stuff but it's just like mind-blowing that Mm. those guys do that stuff on on this kind of terrain and shit yeah like the front three and it's yeah death either side yeah death either side and it's like you know the run into it is 70 degrees it's like fucking you know it's balls to the wall hardcore shit and yeah like i said I I went there, you know, like, I can handle this, I'm going to be doing it, and then, like, instantly realised how underprepared I was. Like, I went with a 157 kind of twin tip, you know, right. sort of park board, you know, yeah. kind of thing, and, you know, w- w- wasn't really thinking about that. So, in, you know, instantly realised that that was, <laughs> you know, the dumbest thing to so, do. <laughs> so why you got to go to the snowboard shop and be like, oh, give me a big board. No, or... yeah, well, no, I didn't really have like the hookups at that time that I could just kind of make that call. So I, I dealt with it and like, mm. I kind of rode my best with it and whatever. But, you know, just a simple thing like that, not not thinking about something like that instantly puts you, you know, two, three steps down of where you kind of like anything you can get to give yourself a bit of an advantage mm. there is is so beneficial um yeah so yeah so that was like one of the first big sort of things i realized and then realizing like when you're standing on top of this terrain how much steeper and how blind it all actually is and how much you know memory line choice all that kind of stuff comes into play and that was the first time i'd be throw been thrown in that the ser- element seriously you, you know just at the top with a guide yeah so you 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 fly in you with the chopper you get a he takes you to kind of his own what he thinks you know you might want to which is like um photogenic films well blah, blah blah you know all of the kind of elements that you want to kind of when you want to document it and shit and you might get 30 seconds 45 seconds looking at it from the heli it does it does a flyby mm. and then you have to make a call on the radio yep that looks good put us on top and then you get dropped on top and then it's just down from there you gotta ride down and you're also you're looking at like maybe a photo on your phone or something and Mm. trying to figure out what you're going to do yeah, how you're right. going to survive this like in the you know, 4000 foot run sort of thing yeah yeah for sure yeah 4000 yeah 4000 foot run yeah def- definitely like maybe not a 1000 meters well, yeah pretty fucking long run mm. and also like a thousand dollar run at the same yeah. time or more way way more so actually does you know? that feel like a lot more pressure then to actually perform or do something when you yep factoring that in 100 like, percent, yeah for sure for which sure. can potentially put you in a bit more of a dangerous situation or yeah not really a, da- a dangerous situation i for myself but more more I, I don't know how others deal with this but when you kind of when i kind of put pressure on myself it's kind of detrimental yeah, when I'm not relaxed and not like, ah, oh, man, this, you know, blah, 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 like, shit, I've got to do well, I've got to do this, I've got to, you know, like that's kind of a little bit, but detrimental to how I would want to perform. But yeah, that kind of shit ran through my head and things like that. Mm. And um, 
yeah, yeah, just dealing with the pressure of not fucking it up and, yeah, yeah. fuck it up a few times. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> shake it off. Because, <laughs> like, you fall, you fall on one of those runs, you're falling for quite a while. Yeah, right? yeah, just, I probably, on one of them, I probably fell about 500 metres. Fuck, just ragging. Yeah, pretty much. Fuck like, I, we got dropped off on this... Uh, Probably something we shouldn't have got dropped on. I think Jake and I at the time were like a little bit over eager. We we're like, yeah, fuck you, yeah, let's hit that. Put us on top of that. And it was just like this, I don't know, it wasn't vertical, but it was like this crazy steep face with like classic AK finger spines down it, you know. Mm-hmm. And we're like, yeah, let's get on top of there. And uh, it didn't really scope it properly or anything. And it was kind of late in the day. It had been in the sun most of the afternoon, all kind of thing. All these factors were kind of things that we didn't even really consider. But the guide seemed confident and all that kind of shit. And he was like, you guys want to get on there? We can do that. And so we flew up there and then, and um, the, it, was, it was such a knife edge at the top of this, mm-hmm. at the top of this peak that the hot chopper couldn't land. So Jake and I, it was the first time I've ever done this, jumped out of the chopper, you know, like that classic thing you might see in like the rice movie and shit, yeah. you know, like you stand on the skid and then you jump off and like Jake and I, are like, and it flies away and Jake and I are left standing on this meter by meter little like platform kind of holding on to each other with like, you know, legit thousand <laughs> foot drop <laughs> to glacier floor on one side of us yeah. and then the run that, the face that we're going to ride on the other side of us. I mean, strapping in your body, this is going to be a bit of a Yeah, 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 You're, yeah, dude, yeah, it was, like, yeah. It was very scary, um, but adrenaline's high, and you're like, wow, we're doing it, you know? And, uh, yeah, so so Jake rode his line. I'm not sure. I think he may have, like, try, went in, tried to go off this rock, maybe didn't didn't land it or something, and rode out pretty cleanly anyway, out the bottom, and rode out onto the glacier floor, and it's like, yeah, roll your up, drop in five, blah, blah, blah. And to get to my line, I kind of had to traverse along the top of the fingers, and um, I was like, okay, here we go. Mm. And like, ro- started riding, ro- traversing across to where I knew the finger, that the spine that I wanted to ride down. Got about 10, 15 meters across this traverse and just like my nose clipped a rock like that would have been 10 centimeters under the snow. Put me, in, like made me do a front flip, like just full on front flipped over the front of my board, hit, like hit a rock. And then just from doing that, just the slough that I created from that, like picked me up and just swept me down the whole run, all the way down to the bottom Fucking through hell. this tiny little shoot, like in between like what would be pretty significant size drops if I had it got washed off them kind of thing, you know, yeah. fully blinded, you know, like couldn't see shit, like can't do anything, just in this vortex of craziness all the way down till it stops at the bottom and you look back up and you're like damn that was such a waste of a run you know yeah. but fuck lucky like yeah <laughs> yeah like lucky you're alive and all that yeah. kind of stuff but i don't think it ever would have resulted in death but it was just like but like you say like it could have gone yeah, it like could have been didn't, yeah. go, didn't go off the cliff it didn't go off the cliff and I didn't hurt myself and oh, I was fine man. but yeah you think about like how many times something like that happens when you ride a resort you're like oh fuck yeah yeah, yeah 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 and then up sure. there it's like whoa so that just cost a thousand bucks yeah 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 shit. yeah. at, at yeah. least at least that you know fuck mm. yeah so that um yeah it was like I said a very very humbling experience and um Learned so much from it, and you know. So, was there a moment where it all came together for you guys? Over, the, yeah, we did. Like on our last day, we uh, we rode this zone called Light Meter, which is like this perfect picturesque 
pillowy kind of you know step down terrain kind of zone and we rode it in um at sunset and it was just like the fucking dreamiest shit you know mm. yeah like every turn was just blow up light as ak pow you know and you're just like rolling down this thing it was yeah mm. it was fucking sick yeah, that, that came together, and then, like, from what I learned from that sort of trip, um, going back again in 2016 yeah. was, like, I felt a little bit more productive for myself, you know? Like, like Jake killed it. Jake's, yeah. a, Jake's such an amazing fucking snowboarder, and he can step to whatever he wants mm. to do. Whatever he wants to do is fucking, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I think I think he did... He, he will always probably say that... It wasn't good enough for him and his stands or whatever his standards mm. and stuff but um he did great i think he mm. like as good as like because we were rookie as mm. fuck like as good as a rookie could we, have done he you know? had a good um good run at pro snowboarding for a long oh, time oh yeah like, yeah yeah definitely yeah, yeah mm. for sure man i still yes yeah, i still consider him one of the most successful new zealand snowboarders ever you know mm. yeah yeah in in that realm of you know like in those days when you were a pro snowboarder and you filmed video parts and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah. Jake was like, yeah, world, world class, world yeah. class. Yeah. Yeah. So what yeah. was the, um, circumstance of going back in 2016? Yeah. So we got to go back on a North face trip in 2016. Um, and shoot some stuff there, a little doco for, yeah, for North face. And we, we got flowing into, flowing in, to a glacier and we camped out on the glacier and had like four days hiking this one zone you know it was kind of like these spine finger line things and going back there after 2013 was it 12 the the mates in alaska trip um and with the 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 experience that i gained over those few years between that i just kind of knew a little bit more you know mountain awareness and how to read the terrain and you know judging how big things are too is also a huge thing like you might see something from across the valley and like yeah i'll ride down there then i'll drop off that and then you know like you get there and it's four stories high you know just learning how that what that perspective is and things like that you know Mm. so that's thing i went there it's like well you're just surrounded by giant things yeah there's no perspective yeah yeah exactly you you don't have your little mountain yeah you don't have like little wee cadrona to pop beside yeah yeah yeah. yeah exactly man yeah so yeah, just learning all that kind of stuff, and I just found I felt a little bit more confident, and yeah, a little bit more knowledgeable about how how I would like, you know, how I would like read it and do the best thing I can do for my level to what the the terrain is offering me to make it look good for someone. And you've been good hands with like North Face crew as well. They're yeah, yeah, I was yeah. Country savvy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the guys we were with were great. It was what, Fraser was there? Fraser McDougall? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it was me, Fraser, Jace Hancocks um, was filming it, and then a couple of other guys, uh, photographer and another filmer. Mm. So, yeah, everyone, like, you know, Fraser's fucking very mountain savvy, you know, he's very aware of everything like that. So everyone was there was super confident about their abilities in that environment and all that kind of stuff, and Mm. yeah. But just, I'm, I'm speaking on when it sort of came down to the writing for myself, like just knowing what my limits were, mm. yeah, kind of thing, yeah. 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 
Yeah, so I was far more aware of that and then knew how to use that to my advantage, if that yeah. makes sense, you know? Sort of yeah. reeling yourself in a little bit. Reeling myself in a little bit and realizing you don't, you, why would you go try and send it over there and stuff? You're just going to eat shit and fucking fall down the whole fucking face. Yeah. Do something cool and fun and playful there that's still going to look great and you're still going to feel amazing. Mm. And yeah, you get the most out of it. I'd love to go back now, actually, if yeah. there was ever an opportunity. Because, again, you know, that's four years. Yes, yeah, so there's been uh, more life more, experience between. Yeah, 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 for sure. Now. Another four years between it, and you're like, yeah, shit. Mm. So what areas were you in? Uh, on that second trip? Um, on both of them. Oh, the first time, Jake and I, we went to Haynes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we flew with Ciba Halley, mm. which is like a really amazing... Um, Pretty pretty famous really heli operation out of there. A gun-toting local or some shit. You guys were playing around with assault rifles. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, old mate Pat. What yeah. do we call him? Project Pat or something? Um, uh, so we were, yeah, just in the fish and chip shop, mm. local fish and chippy at, in Haynes there. The town's tiny, you know. Everyone knows everyone's sort of vibe. And we're in there and... We were talking about shooting guns or something while we were ordering our fish and chips or whatever it would have been. And then this dude like pops up from out the back and is like, hey, you guys want to shoot some guns? You know, kind of, yeah. I can't do the accent or anything yeah. like that, you know, kind of just like this local local bro. And he's like, you guys want to shoot some guns? We're like, yeah. And he's like, I got some guns. You guys buy the ammo, I'll take you to shoot some guns. And we're just like, what? Sick, this is cool. So went around to his house, organized it, went around to his house the next day or whatever it might have been. And he took us to the ammo store and he was like, yeah, you guys need to buy a box of that and that and that and that and that. And we're like, wow, what's going on here? And we went out just there. It's so renegade, dude. We just went out on this road and pulled over and, you know, there's like a snowbank. Actually, sorry, he took us to the um, 7-Eleven or something like that. And he was like, you guys need to get some sodas like, for, to drink. And he's like, no, 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 as targets. Because when you shoot them, they're going to go, you know, get like orange and purple and all that all right. cool colors and we can make fucking rainbows in the snow and shit. <laughs> but yeah, that sounds rad, dude. So we went and bought a couple of dozen different, you know, different colors of soda pop or whatever. Just pulled over on the side of the road and like set them up on the snowbank. And he like pulls out this like uh, AR-15 and just like loads of magazine clips from it. And just like... All these cans and just like... And Jake and I and Vaughn and Tim just look at each other like... What? Sick. <laughs> so your turn, like, no way. <laughs> yeah. Boys and their toys. Yeah, yeah. that was cool, man. That I was like a... He was really enthusiastic into it. He was even doing combat roles and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he was. Yeah, I'm so glad we all got we got all that on film, too. He was yeah. like some, like, security surveillance expert or whatever. <laughs> 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 Tuck and roll shit is something you'd see like in, you know, some 90s action movie. <laughs> 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 Keep on. <laughs> so good, dude. That guy's amazing. Yeah. Oh, man. Miss that guy. That was rad. That was like another one of those rad little experiences that was just tagged on to like an even greater experience yeah. you know yeah and then like that afternoon he took us down to his like little hut at the at the water's edge down there in Haynes and um served us up like caribou stew that he'd made that he'd shot you know like a big caribou it's like yeah. a elk or deer or something yeah. is it yeah big elk or something made us that heated us up that and he's like you guys want to throw some dynamite and we're like what <laughs> pat you got dynamite and he's like yeah i got these like seal bombs for when i'm fishing mate probably halibut or something oh, like yeah. that to keep the seals away from the side of the boat so we're like <laughs> cracking freaking dynamite eating caribou stew <laughs> 
shooting glocks, <laughs> checking. Yeah, it was just it was sensory overload. Like what? It was mental, man. It was really, really cool. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yum. <laughs> so cool. You're so loose, but that's like how it is there, man. Like, yeah. fuck, it's, the, it's almost the Wild West, you know? Like Genuine experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, and to have a local like that show us like yeah. the thing, you know? And then like the next day after that was a down day and he was like, you guys want to go play frisbee golf? And we're like, yeah, fuck yeah, man, yeah. sweet, you know? It's just like a good dude that was yeah, mm. about that. Just down for the course. Yeah, he was all about it. <laughs> yeah. I want to chuck dynamite. (laughs) It was rad, dude. I want to do it again, reminiscing on it for sure. Fuck, that was fun. Oh, sick. Yeah. Well, you mentioned North Face and um, them and Battalion are supporting you these days. Yeah. Yeah. So how did North Face come in the picture? Um, North Face came in the picture for myself. Um, So I wrote Huffer and then... Kind of wanted to re. Half a word for me wasn't really going any further than how how far I had come with them, kind of thing. Yeah. Sort of wanted to, you know, reignite the fire, get some re motivation and whatever. And mm. so I. Uh, is kind of a more of a fashion brand now than nowadays. But yeah. I mean, back then they had an amazing snow program, and you know, mm. but it's it's pretty Kiwi. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. They tried to expand, I, I think you know, and yeah, but um. Yeah, so I, I'd come to sort of as far as sort of I could progress with those guys, you know, mm. as far as being like a sponsored athlete, I guess you could say. And then from there, I moved on to Billabong, which was like an amazing new opportunity for me and absolutely like lit a whole new fire of motivation under mm. my ass. And I was like, fuck, dude, Billabong, this is sick, man. You know, like completely re-motivated, completely just wanted to go out, keep progressing, keep shredding. Sorry, keep progressing, keep shredding, keep traveling, you know, keep like living the this life, whatever. And then that all sort of came to an end. Um, that must have been 2013, like when sort of Billabong sort of sort of imploded when the yeah. when it crashed on the stock market and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So all of our contracts kind of got cut. Mm. Um, and then yeah, so we all it was kind of like. We'll keep sponsoring you, but not to anywhere near the level that we were. And I was like, yeah, yeah it's not really, you know, I can't, af- I can't afford to snowboard if, you know, yeah. <laughs> on that. Like, yeah. what would be the point of being sponsored if you can't go snowboarding? Cause, yeah. Um, anyway, and then so from there, and then like, yeah, I, I was kind of buddies with uh, Damon Haler, who's like an old school Australian shredder. Mm. He was like big in board across. I think he went to an Olympics or something. Big border crosser back in those days. Anyway, he was on North Face, and I kind of was close enough with him to be like, "Hey, what do you go? What do you think about uh, me contacting the North Face guys? Do you have like an email or whatever you can hook me up with?" And I think he put in a good word and put me in contact with at the time the marketing manager and team manager in Australia. Dude was Steve Winnicott. His name was, and he was like, "Oh, you live in? Was I still living in Sydney?" No, I was living in Goldie at that time. He's like, oh, if you come down to Sydney, we'll have a meeting or whatever. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll be in Sydney. I can I can be in Sydney, <laughs> you know, <laughs> can make that happen. So, yeah, ended up having a meeting and we got on pretty good. And, yeah, again, he kind of put me on the uh, Australian team and at that time was very, again, small sort of potatoes, like took a huge cut from Billabong and this and that, you know, like mm. 
back to basics kind of thing. But I was so enthusiastic about the brand and all that kind of stuff, I didn't really give a shit, you know? Mm. And again, like, like again, it was like a new fire under me. I was like, wow, I really want to, you know, make something. Uh, sorry, North Face is such an amazing brand and they do so much more than just, you know, snowboarding, you know? Yeah. Shit, yeah. I really, really want to kind of get in with these guys. So yeah, I had this like whole new new vibe and I was like I really want to make this work and then yeah l- left um <clears throat> left for the northern hemi and went straight to Robux's house that year and just shot with him solid for about a month and a half then from there got invited on a trip back to Europe for like this photo contest um that we did where the, it was one of those contests where photographer picks like a skier and a snowboarder and you go to this place and you have like a week to you know create all this photographs and shit and they judge it all so when did that with with a really good friend of mine tero repo who was actually like at the time i think a staff photographer at north face europe like north face international he's like best mates with xavier delarue and lives in verbier and is like you know mountain man shoots um sam Andermartin and all these like crazy extreme guys crazy crazy extreme guys Anyway, and we ended up winning that contest, and then I went back to Robux, and like with that, you know, fire, I was like, fucking send, you know, and then me and Robux went out and shot a bunch more awesome photos for uh, continuing through that season. And then um, what happened was uh, had all these, these amazing shots from Greg, and then I think he must have sent them through to Manuel or something, and Dave at the time was like, well, Rolly's got like enough shots for an interview. So he hit me up, he's like, do you want an interview? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'd love, love to be interviewed, of course. Got, a, got, a, got an interview, ended up getting a cover, that, ended up getting two covers actually that year. Um, but the cover of Manual and like a 12-page interview or whatever, and then I was able to like go back to North Face with that, be like, hey, this is what I did from, you know, you guys flowed me like a jacket and pants essentially. Mm. You know, let's talk a bit more. And then they were like hyped on that, and then it kind of just grown from there. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, from yeah, from kind of very, very basic beginnings to trying to, yeah, work my ass off to try and make it work for myself and, yeah, try and, I guess, show my show my worth, I suppose, yeah. would be the way to say it. Yeah. And then, yeah, they were they were nice enough to, I guess, believe in me and back me and then and still, still do still now. Still doing that now. Yep. And, um, Which is amazing. Yeah. Thanks, guys. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, pretty cool. Like um, they had because uh, the, they were supporting the um, junior free ride tour. Uh, yeah, marks, and so they had just you, recently. This, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, and uh, they had you on the Barbie as well. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Of, so now it's gone to the point where, like, I I'm just so so thankful and appreciative of everything that I like so hyped to just give back you know mm. so when like what you what you're talking about when dion hit me up if i can you know pitch in or whatever for for the junior freeride event which is something i'm pr- pretty passionate about anyway mm. you know kids trying to do freeride and that kind of thing um to come and help out for the day and cook the barbie and whatnot for sure like 100 mm. percent, put my hand up every time you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And yep. um, maybe get a few more snowboarders hitting that event next year. Hope so. Many, eh? There wasn't that many. Yeah. No, I think there was like one under eighteen year old and like four under ten year olds. Yeah. Out of like a hundred and ten competitors, there was mm. yeah six or seven, let's say, snowboarders. Mm. Yeah, it really goes to show like where the like yeah the gap or where the uh, incentive of competition maybe you would say 
is within not only New Zealand snowboarding, but I guess world snowboarding mm. too, you know. So come on, come on, Groms. Come get yeah, some. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I mean, mm. yeah, come on, Groms, let's go get some. Like 100% fine-tune your skills in the park and do all that, but yet there's more. You don't really need to 100% focus on that, you know, 1620 mm. or whatever it might be these days. Yeah. You know, you can, you can find equally as much um, stoke getting out into the backcountry and riding riding lines and riding powder and learning about, you know, mountain mountains, mountain awareness, mm. climbing, snow conditions, all of that, you know, yeah. And how really did cool. Battalion get into the picture? Battalion came into the picture for me, um, so it would have been... So after Forum, I rode for Burton again, because it kind of, yeah... Forum, they quit the forum program. Burton yeah. did internationally, so the guys in Australia were nice enough just to like keep me on Burton, mm. you know. And again, I was getting like a, a small travel budget and stuff like that, and that was really really cool. And um, so I think I think again, it was just a case of like, and and, and at that time I was also riding Billabong, and Burton was kind of like. Um, you know, you're, you're sort of head to toe or mm. not at all if you really yeah. want to progress in the ranks of that kind of, you know, yeah. sponsorship or whatever. So it was it was great for a while and, and it really, really worked out for me. But then, um, so then I got, after Billabong, I got on North Face and I was still using Burton boards. And again, I think I kind of came to the end of my, you know, lifespan or yeah. you know however how whatever terminology you wanted like i was never ever going to go any further at burden you know like yeah. and and they were even pulling back on it because you know like you're not wearing the outerwear you're not you know there was yeah. no there was no really real future there or whatever so um i rode i rode for a season with no board sponsor i actually like used one of maria's old vocals for for a while i was like we were packing up all our shit to go back to europe one year and, sh- and i was like well what's this board like, oh, that's my old thingy, like, a couple seasons old, like, three years old at the time or something. I was like, oh, can I ride this this year? This board looks sweet. <laughs> Be all about that. So I ended up riding that for, like, the beginning part of one of our Northern Hemi European seasons. Mm. And um, how it happened for me. So I was always really familiar with the, the battalion team manager. His name's Julian Aracot, this uh, French dude. Everyone calls him Larogs. He's been, like, battalion international team manager for a very, very long time. One of a French legend. Anyway, um, so he was partying with uh, a, an ex-girlfriend of mine, Cheryl. And for some reason, I was talking to Cheryl on the phone, and she was asking me about boards. Or what if she's like a pro snowboarder for a very, very long time? And she was asking me about boards, what boards I'm riding. I'm like, oh, I'm actually riding Maria's old board, blah, 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 blah. She was like, I'm with the Logs right now. Would you want to ride a battalion? And I was like, what? Do you think he'd fly me a battalion? She was like, I can ask him. And I was like, dude, hit him up. Give him my email, whatever. A couple of days later, get a phone call from Logs. He's like, hey, Rolly, man. Been talking to Cheryl. Do you need a board? And I was like, yeah, dude, I'd love to have a board. Thank you so much, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, what are you doing this year? And it just happened to be the year that I was filming for Method 2 movie. And so I told him all about it. He's like, yeah, fuck yeah, we'll flow you a board. So then I filmed that whole season on that board. Um, ended up yeah filming a full part for the method movie and also again coming back to new zealand with you know couple couple like there was a time there was a time where i would get like two covers a year for like three years in a row or something it's, yeah it's fucking insane now thinking about it 
But um, yeah, so again, yeah, a couple covers on this battalion board that he gave me, blah, blah, blah. And I think he was just like super stoked on it. He was like, hey, man, we would love to put you on the team. And it's kind of happened organically like that. Mm. You know, there was no like, you know, it was like a friend, a friend saying, hey, this guy doesn't have a board, flow on the board. And then me mm. do it, trying to like, you know, go out of my way to show my value again and, and that kind of thing. An ex-girlfriend. Yeah, hooking you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're mate. Yeah, we're mates. No, no, no. Mm. She's yeah, Shreel's cool as. She's actually on battalion now. Oh right. Yeah, she's on battalion oh, cool. as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. It happened kind of organically like that. There was no like forcing of it, or the you know, I've never had agents or anyone trying to do my talking for me or anything like that. It's just kind of like, yeah, you know. I'll wear this jacket and pants and then, you know, go out of your way to prove your worth and then, and then maybe have like a, not a leg, not a, not a, not a leg or like a, um, uh, uh, how am I trying to say it? Um, well, sort of like people are only going to flow you or put you on a team if you're actually showing that you're doing something with it though, right? Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. But I think, you know, the most, for the most part that, that people that get on these international programs and stuff are already pretty established, you mm. know, and they also probably have an agent that does all their shit for them and that, mm. you know, like they have, you know, c- CVs of, you know, stats and blah, 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 what it might be or whatever, you know, and like mm. if you're more than happy just to take a board here or there or whatever and then go out of your way to show show what you could be worth, mm. then not like a leg to stand on. I don't know how I'm trying to say it, but, you know, like you have not leverage, but you're like, you know, I I I did this from nothing. You know, this board cost you nothing to give me, and I did all this. Could mm. I have another one, or could I have three, or you know, whatever it might be? But mm. for me, it just happened that they're just like, "Hey, we want to we want to do this," and I'm like, "Yes, okay, yeah, let's fucking go." And not the- not saying that any of any of my stuff is amazing because it's in the whole grand. It's still fucking small potatoes as, but like, you know, it just works for. For what it, for what I for but, um, what I do, there's a good ethic behind it. Of like, look, I I achieved an interview with a jacket and pants. Yeah, like, yeah. Imagine what I could do with yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, yeah. With like a little yeah. travel budget, so I don't have to. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe these brands are used to someone just getting a jacket and pants and then just fucking off. Maybe something. So maybe yeah. Know. Who knows? Who knows? I want to talk about the free ride world tour and how that sort of come into. Yep. Come come to your so yeah so yeah that was again another kind of like idea of jake's like after we did after it was would have been the season after we did that that alaska trip jake was kind of looking for a new sort of avenue you know he was i guess not out of the filming game but he sort of you know was on um needed a new kind of goal or something Mm. you know set for himself and he wanted to, to join the free road world tour and try and take take his snowboarding to that realm of it or whatever and i was always interested in that too you know like yeah after after our alaska trip and stuff kind of fell in love with you know line reading and all that kind of shit it's like it's yeah it's very it's very addictive once you start to get into that sort of mind frame of kind of snowboarding like fuck more 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 you know Mm. like it like it is for park when you learn like a seven you want to do a nine or a ten you know blah 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 it's the same for free ride, but you want to take that to like this terrain, that terrain, steeper, gnarlier, this mm. and that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Jake, Jake and I kind of teamed up for that 2014 winter in the Northern Hemisphere, and our big goal was try and qualify for the free ride world tour. Yeah. 
by doing all the freeride world qualifier circuit, which is yeah, like the the tier down from the tour, where you have to you know accumulate points and do well and shit like that to qualify for the the thing. And um, had a good couple had a good couple of years go at that, but it never eventuated for me. I kind of, I quickly realized again that I don't really have the mentality for competitions, mm. so to speak. You know, it's fucking it's painful. Those free ride contests are painful, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, dude, and especially on like say the qualifier tour. Not to talk shit too much on them or anything, but like, they're they're. All of them are individually run by, like, whatever country, you know, like, France has their own circuit, which is kind of a little bit differently run than, like, how they would do it in Austria and Mm. blah, 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 blah. And they throw you on top of these, like, faces that are often, you you wouldn't ride down, you know? Yeah. It's shitty, it's icy, it's fucking windy, you can't see, you know, it's not prime conditions, this and that, you know, maybe that's just me making excuses and stuff, but there's these, there's so many more variables in it of like you doing well or you doing not well at all, you know? And, um, yeah, a lot of it is kind of, it's not luck, but you know, these, these free ride guys, they're like, they're fucking hyped to throw it off a four meter cliff in kind of white out to a semi flat landing. When you come from like a background of, you know, park riding and being all about style and tricks and all that kind of stuff you look at something and like why i'm not doing that what the fuck why would i do that but you mm. some this dude does it and gets judged well and it's kind of confusing to you you know yeah, yeah so that was also a bit a huge le- learning curve with that um so adapting to their sort of rules of yeah play. adapting to their sort of rules uh, yeah and and again like you know sometimes the the face might suit someone that wants to go fast and straight Mm. Or sometimes the face suits someone that can be super playful and you can do butters and little poppers and blah, you know, it's like, mm. it's there's not really much consistency, especially like on the qualifying tour I'm speci- mm. specifically talking about. There's not much consistency throughout like the process that you need to undergo to qualify for the world tour. Mm. Um, because I feel like they have it kind of dialed on the world tour. They pick like pretty legit faces and they have like, two-week windows where they wait for, you know, optimal conditions and this Mm. kind of shit. Qualifier, you go for the weekend. It might be Friday to Sunday. Comp day is Saturday. If it doesn't happen Saturday, the weather day is Sunday. If it doesn't happen, it just doesn't happen. Or they push it and they make you do it on the Saturday and it might be very you know sub so sub prime conditions so you can find yourself in some conditions that you might not be comfortable with yeah like yeah not comfortable with and just yeah it's super demotivating you know like why the fuck mm. am i here doing this you know the entry fees 150 euros and shit and yeah. you say why am i paying for this to like you know you have to come first kind of thing you know mm. to come seventh in this thing is nothing you know it means yeah. it means nothing um yeah and I, I quickly kind of realized that that wasn't sort of how yeah what i wanted to do with my time and things you know but i I had i had a crack at it Mm. and i mean for sure if i had have done better i probably would be you know in all honesty speaking a lot better of it yeah i I don't want to like talk it down too much because because you know you got to motivate the youth to go do it otherwise this this shit will die but um Mm. um yeah i just yeah i just found it wasn't for me yeah yeah 
but I think if you're lucky enough, like if you're a good enough snowboarder and you you were lucky enough to get like a wild card onto like a world tour contest, then you would like instantly sort of be not hooked, but I think you could just you could do well, yeah, really quickly instead of battling with a hundred other people on the shitty icy thing, yeah. you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. It was a weird. It's a weird one for me, and, and again, I don't want to speak ill of them because they're trying. You know, they're trying to create this thing, but mm. it's just—it's not what I wanted out of my snow, my snowboarding in yeah. the end. That season that Jake and I ha- had a go of it together in 2014, we travelled around for a whole other winter again in Europe and a couple of and a month in America actually. Um, it was really fun. It was some of the mm. best times on the road, you know, travelling yeah. from comp to comp, and you know, you experience all that shit. Yeah. Yeah, it was rad. That's oh, cool. Yeah. And um speaking of like the youth and motivating and whatnot, is there any riders that you're looking at now you're like, Oh shit yeah. It's Yeah, shit yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. From New Zealand? Oh just in general. Just in general? Know. Yeah, I mean New Zealand for sure. Got gotta give shouts to Tian and Mitch Devon. Or what do you guys call him? Steezy McGee's. Steezy McGee's, yeah. Oh Steezy McGee's riding with those two today, like at males, you know. Um, male, I mean, being Tian, general to males, but Tian's yeah, it's just like a trick machine, though. Yeah, right? like, insane. Like th- watching those guys ride in real life today, and like how they just roll through the park and stuff. Man, like the level they're on now at I think twenty one and nineteen, maybe mm-hmm. they are something like that. Uh, thinking back to like when we were twenty one and nineteen is just not even comparable. Like yeah. where snowboarding has come between those two generations of stuff. You know, for mm-hmm. me, that's. 20 years ago, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you know, 19, 20 years ago, whatever. Um, um, yeah, where how far it's come of, of, like, what is doable now for, for that age person is fucking insane. Yeah. yeah. It's so dope. Yeah, and again, like, riding with Cool and Zoe today as well. Like, Zoe needs, yeah, doesn't need anything more said about her. She's fucking phenom, you know? Incredible snowboarder. Yeah. And the style to back it. How's yeah, that? for sure. Yeah. Instagram post she put up was, like, it was, like, three hits and... Uh, it was like a just a like three pokes and a oh yeah 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 they're like a back three triple poke and, 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 and then the fucking shifty yeah three sixty yeah, like, oh, yeah, 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 three yeah yeah I see <laughs> I see that rubbing off of them for sure man yeah, yeah that's that super cool bro fucking awesome yeah eh? yeah definitely definitely yeah um yeah but yeah that's as far as kiwis go I I, I guess but there's like a whole uh, there's a whole pool of talent. Mm. Coming out of New Zealand now, you know, like all the bunch of kids that um that Nick Brown coaches too. Mm. Don't really know those those kids' names, but you know they're in like the fifteen to twelve year old to ten year old mm. bracket, and they're doing nines and all this like yeah. mad AJ's shit. AJ's been coaching some fucking yep. rappers too. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Is, is, he, is AJ involved in the in the is it HPC camp? Yeah, the the, he, the, the he's thing uh, at HPC coach. He is an Corona. HPC coach. Yeah, okay. And I mean, so the kids have got a good. If, if like if their coaches are like Mitch Brown, Sean Thompson, Nick yeah. Brown, and AJ, AJ, and Drew <laughs> yeah, and Drew yeah. Bray, and Drew Bray yeah, yeah, for like, sure. Fuck, like I mean, that doesn't really get any better than that, does it? No, like, not at all. You know, yeah, yeah. no, nah, for sure, man. And that all again, it's so dope that those guys are all giving back too. You know, like mm. the the well of experience that. Um, that age that Aaron Jamison has, you know, and also Nick Brown from all mm. of his travels and all of that to pass on Fuck to all. those kids is fucking Nick, dope. Nick Brown, remember like the first, I don't know, I mean, I wasn't part of the scene, but 
I just remember the first time I seen anything of him was his introduction to the New Zealand snowboard community was a sequence of a frontside nine in New Zealand snowboard. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, a front nine. Yeah, like, yeah. that's fucking yeah. kicking. Like, I don't remember that particular thing, but for sure. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I remember it, it's it was something like the caption, like, uh, if you don't know, now you know, or something. Yeah, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. that's rad, 2004 man. New Zealand snowboarder. Okay, cool. It was like, sick, holy sick. fuck. Like, I have to re- re-up on that one, for sure. Yeah, like, well, he's... Like coming out fucking swinging, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brown was mm. always swinging. He was, he was hitting home runs, man. Mm. Yeah. While we're talking about the younger generation, do you have any advice for aspiring shredders? Advice for expiring, uh, expiring, In- <laughs> aspiring, aspiring. Advice for aspiring shredders. Yeah, expiring um, might not work. Yeah, I'm expiring. <laughs> <laughs> Any advice for expiring shooters? <laughs> <laughs> Go bowling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, for yeah, aspiring, um, yeah, advice. I don't know. I maybe not be, be be the best person to give advice on anything, but like, uh, how do I how do I say this? Um, when it beca- when it do- when it becomes not fun anymore, I think that's when like you have to make a decision or whatever. When when you're not having fun and you're not, uh, like, yeah, uh, I can really only speak on my own experience because for me it was never, never, ever about becoming a snowboarder or a pro snowboarder at that or anything like that. It was about, for me, snowboarding was, you know, I I always wanted to be a skateboarder and snowboarding just kind of was easier because you could you know, jump, jump, and that's a molly. And you can do yeah. all, all of a sudden, you could do so much more shit. Yeah. You could hit handrails and stuff. So, like, for me, like, snow, I always, snowboarding for me was like an avenue to travel and see the world and gain, like, all these dope life experiences and stuff like that. And, like, as soon as it, for speaking again on my own experience, as soon as it becomes not about that, then, yeah, then I think there's, like, decisions need to be made about it, you know, like, mm. Yeah, so I guess my advice would just be keep it fun. As long as it's fun, keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, don't uh, yeah, don't take it too seriously. All of that, yeah, just that cliche of kind mm-hmm. of yeah, kind of yeah. advice, you know. Heath Patterson's question was a two-parter. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Thought we'd moved on from Heath. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but uh, I think this is kind of relevant, relevant-ish. That's it. I mean, it seems like fairly PC, all things said and done. Uh-huh. So, what is it? Um, what jobs have you had in the past 20 years that have helped piece your winters together? So, I think we've covered a few of those already. Yeah. Like, what have helped piece my winters together? Yeah, for mm, sure. So, like how'd you make it work? How'd I make it work? When I left school. I left high school, did a cabinet-making apprenticeship, and then got fed up with that, and then that's... Left Auckland after that and moved to Queenstown. That was like the first time I left and wanted to do a season and shit. And then after that first season, um, I were in between going to Europe and back again. I worked carpentry, like building houses and stuff. So that was primarily the things I've done. And then in the early days of traveling overseas and also in Queenstown, during those seasons worked as, you know, uh, ski technician in the rentals, you know, shop, grom, sort of those kind of jobs. Um, never really had any, like, shitty jobs or anything. Again, I've been fortunate enough to, like, 
fine work you know that lasts for that might maybe that's three month period of say october to christmas mm. smash it out just go hard save all your save all your money go away work again you know work do the season come back work again midwinter before coming coming to new zealand kind of thing but yeah primarily for me it's been yeah carpentry and building and stuff and then lately over the last like five seven eight years something like that I've kind of like found my way into film and television, which I've also been, you know, doing carpentry sort of stuff, but it's been more like building sets and things like that, which right. is which is really awesome and something I'm mm. like really, really interested in and it's a really fun job. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, no, no crazy shit kicker jobs or anything. Like, like I've never worked hospo. I've never been right. worked behind a bar or I've never washed dishes. I've never done those kind of jobs. I've never worked mm. at like a petrol station or, a, mm. you know, never done that kind of stuff. I've always done like trade sort of shit. Uh, there is one thing I forgot. This is sort of rewinding the tape a little bit. But seeing as we talked about Heath and <laughs> we'll yeah. take it back to Dero, uh-huh. what was the story about the opening and the opening part of the start of your part in bottomless pockets where your head is taped to the floor and you can't get up. <laughs> yeah. That's in bottomless pockets? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So that wasn't actually Mitch Brown did that. Mitch Brown taped me to the floor. So yeah, I was just, I was pretty drunk. I'd had a I'd had a few and I was feeling a bit sleepy. Oh, and I guess I just, you know, fell asleep in the lounge, let's say. <laughs> And, you know, Mitch thought it would be super funny to take me to the ground and then woke me up. And as I woke up, you know, realised I was duct taped to the ground. But that, that, that whole scenario around that around that combination of that was pretty funny, man. We, um, where were we? We were in, we were, we were in, we were in, might have been in Utah, Salt Lake, one of the, one of the seasons. And it was Blair Finlay, myself, Rebecca Hollis, and Mitch. And oh, were we in Colorado? Fuck, fuck, I don't know. Anyway, we left from where we were to drive out to Tahoe to go stay at Dick Schultz's place in South Lake Tahoe there. And which was great, you know, like we knew we all knew Dick from from around here, seasons around Wanaka and stuff like that. And he was more than accommodating for all us, you know bum kiwis that wanted to travel around and things like that you know he's a, he was a legend and um and yeah so we just proceeded to party i guess you would say <laughs> and the party lasted a few days and then i got really tired fell asleep <laughs> he actually yeah what you don't see in that video is like they duct taped a ca- the can i was holding when i fell asleep to my hand and my other hand to the banister, the hand railing of the stairs. And when they woke me up and I realised that it all happened and we had a good laugh about it, the, my hand that they duct taped the can to was so freaking blue, like completely cut off the circuit. They'd done it outrageously tight that it actually started to like be painful and hurt, like, you know, um, frostbite kind of feeling, Fucking you know? Hell. Yeah, yeah, it was blue, no blood circulation to it or anything, yeah. Good times. Cheers, Mitch. It's good seeing you today, man. Because yeah. I, I think I remember seeing in the credits, like, you guys breaking, like, jugs over each other's heads or some shit. Yeah, yeah, telephones. Yeah, telephone. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was a thing. <laughs> Telefono. <laughs> 
Oh man, and for a long um, pro career, have you had much of a brush in with injuries and shit like that? Um, not recently, thankfully. It's not wood, whatever, whatever they do. But yeah, yeah, in the early days for sure, when I was like really trying to, you know, progress and things like that. You, yeah, wrists, elbows, knees, all, all the standard shit. Coll- yeah. Collarbones, plates and screws in my shoulder, all of that kind of stuff. Um. Yeah, but no, nothing really significant of recent, which I'm super fucking thankful for. Mm. And I, I guess I put it down to like being a lot more calculated these days, and, and primarily trying to just ride powder, which is a lot more forgiving and softer. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, and knowing when to pick my battles, knowing when something feels right or wrong, and wanting to send it or not. You know, mm. yeah, yeah, I, yeah, and and yeah, getting. Getting older, I don't feel like I have to send it too hard anymore, but I still have that drive to want to occasionally, you know, kick, put, put it, put, get some adrenaline flowing and mm. shit, you know? Well, there's yeah. some value in picking your battles, though, and, yeah. you know, sometimes having to step away if you, oh, this might avalanche. Or yeah, yeah, or no, 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 like yeah, not necessarily that, but, like, let's say, let's say, like, a, uh, a kicker session, for mm. example, you know, picking the battles of, like, oh, fuck, I want to, you know, I don't know, let's, let's say front 10 it, for example. Mm. Uh, if I fucking over-rotate, I'm probably going to catch my toe edge in Scorpion. I better not do that. I might just mm. do a back seven. You know, like yeah. that. that's what I mean. Like, yeah. and not having the, um, the and, and now, you know, being a little bit more mature on it or not having, not, <clears throat> not having to process that in my brain anymore of like feeling like I let myself down. I'm completely at peace with it now. Like, yeah. I'm fucking so happy to do a switchback one when everyone else is doing a 12. Yeah. For example, you know, that felt good for me. I don't feel like I need to do any more, you know? Like, yeah. yeah, I'm completely at peace with that, you know? Oh, yeah, sweet. I don't have that in a battle with myself anymore, mm. which, you know, I think everyone did, and I, I for sure used to. Like, oh, I need to now learn nines. I need to le- now learn this, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Now I just don't give a shit. Yeah. Do whatever I feel feel comfortable with. Well, oh, well that's my notes. Done there, Rolly. Um, wow. Yeah. Kind of, you know. <laughs> Sick. And, and, and until another time. Have I, I been rambling? I hope not. <laughs> Is there some uh, thank yous and shout outs you'd like to give out? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's like way too many people to thank and shout out. But yeah, just briefly skimming across the across the surface of all the brands that have kind of, uh, you know, had my back and sort of believed in me and stuff like that, like from the, from the get-go, from the early days and stuff, it's, will forever be appreciative of that and just the whole like i don't know i feel very privileged coming from new zealand you know i think we have like a very unique scene here you know and 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 how well how i came up in the early 2000s and stuff like that i hope it is the same now for the youth of today but i feel like the support and 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 the um you know, the mentors and the influences that we all had access to as kids and stuff, like, cu- coming through, you know, I can't thank all those guys enough. And, you know, the group of friends and the life experiences that you learn along the way of this, you know, I always hate to call it, like, a snowboard career because, for me, I've never really ever considered it at that. I've just mm. considered it living or whatever, yeah. you know, just fucking life shit, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, but all of the stuff that, that I've been privileged privileged enough to experience that has been because of snowboarding um you know that's that that's my life there's yeah 
cannot thank anyone that has been a part of that enough you know mm. yeah and without like going into all these names and shit i think these people know who they are you know yeah 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 uh run into our stock enders then stock uh, enders yeah yeah if you um know our um podcast really you know what the deal is i yeah. am familiar yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, i should have thought about this oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh favorite rider favorite rider um all-time favorite snowboarder uh uh dev walsh for me i don't know i just like like everything he did completely like spoke to me you know like i just Mm. had an affinity with that you know like like cab one off a cliff i was like that is fucking it like Mm. these guys are cab sevening and whatever nining and you know Mm. grabbing only what 270 of it or something like that you know all that i was like you can do that and make it look dope that is amazing yeah. yeah. And how's his, like, his resistance part was filmed in like yeah, six three, days? Six days yeah, or something. Yeah, shit. yeah, we watched that on repeat. On repeat, man. Mm. Yeah, so he, yeah, he was huge influence on how I wanted to kind of, you know, I was never the guy wanting to do, you know, the doubles and the triples and all that shit mm. anyway. When all of that started to pop off, I was like, man, I just want to do a back one. Yeah. <laughs> Happy ass. <laughs> and for me, Dev's that guy, for mm. sure. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yep. Favorite mountain? Favorite mountain, wow! New Zealand, anywhere in the world, whatever. Oh, you know what? You dealers, one in New Zealand, one in the world. Okay, New Zealand one. Favorite one is probably Remarkables. Yeah, yeah, I love it there. I probably have spent, you know, the most time of definitely the early days of when we were starting to ride park and all that kind of shit before Snow Park was even a thing. Was Remarks Park and that you know have like a a great. Um, great memories of that place and mm. it feels like that was the come up you know and like and even nowadays i still i've been there so much this season man and like just hiking around back in those shoot zones and stuff I've like s- that yeah seen a lot of pov yeah man I've spend, i've spent and... so much time up there this season mm. and i feel like that's like a place that i really know well you know like um yeah so yeah a lot of, a lot of respect for remarkables as a mountain mm. uh worldwide um yeah, man, I, I guess Mayerhoff and too. I just have to go with the ones that I know so well. Oh, and, and shit, you know, yeah, yeah. That, that plays a big part into to my decision-making of, like, what makes a good mountain is also how well you know it. Like, you could go and ride a resort for a day or two and be like, this place is sick, but do you, you know? Do you really know You really it, know yeah. it. Like, yeah, mm. those places are truly sick, and the more time you spend there, the, the more you, like, find these other little places, and it yeah, just keeps the, keeps the vibe alive. Well, That's a perfect example of that, because if... A lot of people judge remarks by its grim trails, like, oh, it's boring. Yep. But it's like, if you can handle a short hike, yep. you yep. can get yep. over your head really fucking oh, quick. Oh, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> and and that's also, for me, that's what, what I love about it, that it is a hike, and it keeps a lot of people away from that, you know? Mm. And so it leaves more for me. Yeah, <laughs> you, know? totally. you go there well, two, three days, and I can still find, like, fresh, fresh whereas shit. Whereas you compare, like, TC, it's steep off the chair. Everyone's getting it. Yep, everyone's getting it. Yeah. And also, TC's got crap lines, and you know, and, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk too much shit on that, but fuck, yeah, uh, I don't know what the fuss is all about over there, eh? <laughs> it blows my mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best, is it? <laughs> what? <laughs> I was there the other day, <laughs> I was there the other day, and the line from the main chair at the bottom, the queue goes uphill, which is... <laughs> What the fuck? Like, 
people management, like, you know, like as a punter or whatever, paying for a lift ticket to queue up a hill is insane to me. Mm. Like, why, why is that even a thing in 2021? Like, <laughs> people, kids, adults with their kids queuing on an icy thing and everyone's <laughs> slipping down and all over the top of each other and shit. And you're just like, this is nuts. What the fuck? Yeah. Anyway, I don't don't talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Favorite board. Favorite board. Um. Um. Favorite board. Uh. There was a John Jackson model on forum. Few. Well, quite a few years ago now. I think it was oh nine or oh ten model. The graphic was like fly fishing hooks all over the top oh, yeah. of it. I'm not sure if you're familiar. It's orange. I remember it being orange with fly fishing hooks. Um, for some reason, I really, really loved that board. That was dope. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know why particularly that. I just, I, I don't know. I think everything just worked for me. Like the flex, the, the size of it, the side card, everything was like, I was really, 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 really into that board. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's like favorite all-time board ever or whatever. That's just one that really stands out that, I loved when I had it, you know? Mm. Yeah. That was a good one. Favourite video part? Favourite video part? Fuck. Yeah, this throws a few Man. Um, uh, I don't know. Can I say a few? I don't know. Anything Devin, of course. Mm. Like Resistance, True Life. Any of his Wildcat parts and shit. Like, Mm. Actually, can I not pick a part? Can I just say like... Those Wildcats movies, yeah. as a whole, was like our kind of Bible, I guess you call it, of what like that snowboarding lifestyle was mm. for us in those early days and shit. You know, like that was that was kind of what like I, not what we wanted it to be or anything like that, but that's like what the Darrow crew was. You know, you just get fucked up and then just fucking go shred. You know, yeah, yeah that was. Yeah, so it was a blueprint for what. Blueprint for that, you know, and like there were seasons in Mayerhofen where we would, you know, pre-drinks before you go out to Scotty's or whatever, and we would put on the Wildcats movies to drink to <laughs> before you go to the bar to rip all your sleeves off and all that kind of shit, you know. It was it was like le- legit the, yeah, the Bible or whatever you want to call it. I don't know if that's the right word. But like um, there's a couple of like really really significant parts that I do remember over the course of the time. DCP's part in Black and uh, Back in Black mm-hmm. was v- very, very mind-blowing for me. Um, it does that huge that back three off, off the massive cliff. I think it's the I- I-85 cliff or something, but way back before it was, you know. That one, um, JP's part in True Life and stuff, that was pretty fucking all-time. Yeah. V- Favourite video part is such a hard question. Oh, anything uh, geeky yeah. from those absinthe movies? Fuck. Anything Nicholas Muller from those absinthe movies? Yeah. Mm. It's too much. That's so broad to narrow it down. Mm. Yeah. You know what someone needs to do, maybe? You know how sometimes you see, like, those those brackets? You know what I mean? Like, like kind of like a tennis draw, brackets, mm. and you put, if you pit parts... Yeah. against each other and people vote on it you know for example like let's say Gigi's part in 
you know, I don't know. Uh, future proof. Yeah, yeah, future proof versus Rice's part and I don't know, whatever. More. Yeah, more yeah. or something like that. And then people vote on that one goes through the next one and then you oh, can... Oh, shit. Yeah, have you seen how pe- a lot of people... I think they do a lot in skateboarding and shit, but not necessarily parts, but just oh, like... Oh, Berics do it with their... Comp- like their yeah, they, they do it with the game yeah. of skate, but I've seen it done where people vote on, you know... Best movie, sort of mm. example, and they pit movies against each other and shit. Fuck's that so would really like narrow it down to to what the all time best video part. Yeah, is. <laughs> but it's all totally. Um, but it's all subjective. Yeah, it's all subjective. Way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's the word. Mm. Totally subjective. Favorite gig. Gig. Mm. Gig. Like, like music. Gig. Oh, like music yeah. gig. Yeah, yeah. Favorite gig. Um, oh man, I would have been like sixteen or seventeen. I saw Tall. In Auckland on the Anima tour, that was oh, fucking friend. insane. Yeah, Fuck my that's that's like favorite we'll remember. Of tall. Yeah, now yeah. that's my all-time favorite band ever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I will listen to them. If there was like one thing I had to pick ever for the rest of my life, probably be Tall. And I'm like really, really into hip hop and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know, some reason I would always go back to that. But yeah, I just remember the Anima and you know that era of life and shit. That was mm. fucking cool, man. Really that fucking cool. Unreal era to yeah. see Taller. Yeah. yeah, that was dope. That would have been like ninety six or so, or so six or seven. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was dope. So, and I've always been a huge fan. And when we got to go see them live, you know, it's fucking dope. Real dope. Say. Yeah. Favorite city. Favorite city. Hmm. City. Um. Favorite city. Innsbruck. Innsbruck's a rad city. Yeah, Amsterdam's a rad city, hmm. but Innsbruck, if, you know, gun to your head, live here for the rest of your life in this city, be Innsbruck. Yeah, for sure. It's awesome. Sweet. Yeah. Favourite track? Track? Mm. Yeah, back one, switch back one, same, same, same. So, either one of them. Yeah, right. yeah, easily either one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Favourite board graphic? Fav- oh, yeah, I heard you ask this this one, ask everyone this one. Um <laughs> Favorite board graphic, like the one that like instantly pops to my mind, is the burden with the wooden sword. Is it oh, a, a Terrier model? Yeah, 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 that one. That to me is super iconic. And when I saw that, I was like, "That's perfect." And it just seems so timeless and stuff. But um, yeah, like you could put that out now and be like, "Yeah," and be like, "That's cool." Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, that would be the fave of fave. This this unit actually is like you know really close to my heart as mm. a favorite one you know just because oh, pretty iconic pretty yeah. iconic and being like coming up as like a young gromit kiwi shredder from new zealand and watching quinton and ollie and that mm. in the ma- pages of the magazine with that board graphic i was like wow that's yeah you know yeah i remember like being like 96 nationals just watching mm-hmm. and just seeing that core fly over my head just yeah like, Damn. Yeah. yeah that's cool yeah that i have i have that feeling when i see that one too mm. you know yeah yeah, yeah that's rad and here's another uh, subjective one. Uh, who has the best method? Oh, shit. Best method. Mm. I mean, Q's got a great one, speaking about Q. Yeah. Quentin Robbins has a fucking amazing one. Um, best method. <laughs> it's too hard. Because there's like those different kinds of methods, you know. Mm. Do you do do you pick one that grabs in front of the binding or do you pick one that grabs in between the binding? Yeah. For me, it's always in between because that's how I do it. And mm. that's how... You know, I mean, it's not it's not supposed to be done anyway. But anyway, around there's no right way or wrong way. But that's how I do it. So I always kind of like Gigi has a good one like that. Mm. Rice has a really good one like that. Um, 
who else? Fuck Will J. Will J has an amazing method like that. Mm. Yeah, that's solid. Yeah, and I've I've seen that firsthand many a time. Yeah, like in person, you know. Oh, there's one right there on the front of the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I saw that earlier and made me think of that. Where's that? That's Stephen's Pass. Yeah, I think that's Cowboy. One of of my favorite covers, eh? Yeah, yeah. Fuck Will must have had a few covers. Yeah. Oh yeah. He had the most. He must have had the most. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, fuck, he's a serious contender for most covers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. I have, uh, not to talk about this like I'm fucking awesome or whatever, but I had 10, and I think Jake had 10, and I think the goal was always to get one more, you know, oh, before right. we sort of, you know, and, quit and was this that shit. manual and New Zealand snowboard? Yeah, just all around. Manual, New Zealand transfer, um, sorry, manual, New Zealand snowboarder transfer, um, Aussie NZ snowboarding. I think Jake had a White Lines cover in UK. Yeah, just like all, like total, you know, total. Right. So we were always kind of like battling, like, oh, fuck, you get another one this year? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get more than you. <laughs> it's good hearty, like, beef, you know? It's good comp. Yeah. But they had dating that dreams over. Mm. <laughs> Never going to get another one. <laughs> There's no magazines to get covered. No, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Coffee table books now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't know if that counts. <laughs> and final bonus question. What's the key to a good method? Fuck. The key to a good method. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, like you said, it's all personal style. It's all subjective or whatever. For me, I think... I mean, I'm not. I can't do them good, but if I try and do them, I always try and like take off toe edge sort of heavy. Mm. So you and 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 if it's off, a, let's say if it's off a straight jump, drift that way, like drift from riders right to left, but off your toe edge, if that makes sense. Mm. Like go off toe edge heavy, so you can kind of you're leaning. I guess the key, yeah, the key to a good method would be getting your upper body like down to knee level sort of if that makes sense yeah if you get your your center of gravity yeah up like that i get i don't know if that makes sense or not but there's no key to it man if you're doing them and they feel good you're you're killing it that's all that matters no no one's gonna tell you it was shit yeah 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 <laughs> oh thank you so much for your time bro and all the best for the rest of the winter thanks man super appreciate it bro and i just got to say before we wrap up um Huge thank you for doing this, dude. Like, all of these podcasts that I've been listening to is, like, a really amazing um, trip down the history of not only snow, not not only New Zealand snowboarding, sorry, but, like, snowboarding in general and, like, the nostalgia that you bring up with all of this is fucking rad, man. I appreciate it. And I know I'm not the only one. I appreciate it so much, dude. Oh, it's sweet. really fucking cool that you're doing this. Oh, and, yeah. Great people yeah. want to hear these stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. 